Uh, in keeping with our tradition, uh, honorable members, uh, I will now bow to, to my right and bow to my, to my left. Uh, and having done so, I request uh, the delegates to observe a moment of silence uh, for prayer or, or meditation. Thank you very much. Um, uh, honorable delegates, before we proceed, recording I would, in progress. I'd like to remind you of, of, of the following that the virtual sitting constitutes uh, a sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that the place of sitting is deemed to be Cape Town where the seat of the National Council of Provinces is, that delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in a sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for the purposes of uh, the quorum, all delegates who are locked onto the virtual platform shall be considered uh, present that delegates must switch on their videos if they want to speak, that delegates should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted and must always remain muted, that the interpretation facility is active, permanent delegates, members of the executive special delegates and SAGA representatives are requested to ensure that the interpretation facility on their gadgets are properly activated to facilitate access to the interpretation services. That any delegate who wishes to speak must use the raise your hand function as we, as, as, as we usually say, uh, that by now members are familiar with the raise your hand fun function or, or icon. Honorable members will now move on to notices of uh, motion. Um, and I'll call on members who wishes to move notices of motion to raise their hand. So we'll start with, with uh, Honorable Shaikh uh, to be followed by a plane. Honorable Shaikh. Thank you very much, um, Honorable Jefferson. Um, Honorable Jefferson, I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that in the next sitting, the House debates the continuing murders and brutalization of young girls in the Republic of South Africa, with a special reference to the recent murder of Singwa Namfla Mutwa in the Eastern Cape and many other girls around the country. The continued and unabated killing and brutalization of women in our country has become a national tragedy and a new pandemic in our society. I so move. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Sheikh. Aplani? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, uh, I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters uh, that the Council uh, debate at its next sitting the issue of healthcare workers, unemployment, particularly that of the Eastern Cape, as our, uh, as our health workforce 
has in the past proven vital in responding to disasters. And this would be an opportunity to create much needed employment opportunities for our women and youth and so more. Thank you, Shabazz. No, thank you very much. Uh, um, Kiva will follow. Honorable Mkiva. Uh, good afternoon, Chairperson, and good afternoon to the members. Thank you for the opportunity. I rise, Chairperson, to give notice of a motion. I hereby give notice that in the next sitting of the Council, I shall move that the Council, one, debates the continuous sabotage and deliberate damage of ESCOM infrastructure and its impact on the provision of reliable electricity to the communities. Two, further notes that among the many incidents that were reported recently, the deliberate cutting of a cable at Matla Power Station near Grill in Pumalanga, what is now the fourth incident of suspected sabotage at a power station in the past two weeks. And three, the incident at Matla Power Station follows suspected sabotage at three other power stations over the past two weeks. I so move, Chairperson, on behalf of the African National Congress. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Mkiva. Honorable Mdetwa. Things why? Okay. Yes, thank you, you, Chair. Yes, I hear you, Chair. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, my audible, please. Chair. Yeah, please proceed, you're audible. Thank you very much, Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice, Chair, that in, in the next house, we welcome the Broncos Pride Regional Court Health sentence handed down to Enye Kwetu and Happy Dube, who were found guilty of stealing copper cable belonging to ESCOM. Secondly, Chair, we note that the two men were deservedly sentenced to 12 and 15 years, respectively, behind bars early this month. We consider that the theft of critical cable hampers the ESCOM and other power utilities ability to provide quality service to the country and cause unnecessary commuters delay and inconvenience. We, Chair, we call upon law-abiding citizens to continue to work and assist the law enforcement agencies in apprehending the cable theft crime syndicate to minimize the cable theft and, and vandalizing of electricity infrastructure. I so move, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Mtetwa. We will proceed to Honorable Mtsamai. Honorable Mtsamai. Mtsamai. Mtsamai, going, 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 gone. Uh, we will then proceed to motions without notice. Um, uh, motions without notice. Please indicate members, raise your hands. We'll start with Honorable Mletan. Mletan. Thank you, Chairperson. Good afternoon to honorable members. 
I rise on behalf of economic freedom fighters that cancel, note with concern, the challenge of school safety experienced by schools across all provinces as our schools have turned into territories which are, are prone to crime and violence, which represents a threat to life and a threat to the successful achievement of educational goals. Further note that schools are deeply affected by the economical, political, and social condition of our society and are exposed to many undesirable behaviors such as violence, substance abuse, as well as bullism. The House should, should also acknowledge that schools accommodate many learners, teachers, and other support staff, and as such, are open to every kind of security threat coming from both inside and outside of the school environment. With violent incidents posing a threat to, to teaching and learning, it is therefore essential that schools become a crime zone uh, free. Further, the House should acknowledge that earlier this month in Ngakatela High School, which is in Ward 13 in Ndwendwe, a female learner was killed by an individual who walked into the school premises and stabbed her to death. Also recognize that the problem of school security, uh, school, school security persists despite the South African Police Services and the Department of Education having made several initi initiatives to cap it. Further recognize that a safe and healthy school environment is critical to education and is essential in the upliftment of our people out of their chains of poverty and enabling them to live a better life. And in order for learners and teachers to thrive, the environment needs to be conducive to effective learning and teaching. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mletsane. Any objection to the motion? None. And there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Uh, Honorable Boshoff. Thank you very much, Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes with concern that the provincial agri-hubs in, in Mpumalanga in both Mpondo and Jays Morocco local municipalities still remain but a pipe dream. <coughs> notes that construction of these hubs commenced nine years ago in 2013. Once completed, these hubs were supposed to assist commercial and small-scale farmers to supply fresh produce to the Mpumalanga International Fresh Produce Market. Again notes that according to the Mpumalanga Department of Agriculture, Rural Development and Land Administration, these projects would only take 12 months to construct. Further notes that following oversight to these projects, it has been revealed that they would not be operational anytime soon which is demoralizing to the farmers of the province. Again notes that the Hubbenham Kondu does, 
have an actual building with security presiding over an empty building, but none of the operational equipment has been installed. In Jay's Morocco, the same was found, however, without any security present, which increases the risk of the building being stripped and vandalized. And finally notes that with the commitment of the DA, we will continue to push for answers on these agri-hubs <coughs> to ensure jobs are created and corruption is halted. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Boshoff. Um, any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Bibi. Uh, thank you so much, Chairperson. Um, the African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes the great shock, the killing of four taxi drivers. Mm. And at the taxi rank, Honorable baby, if you can just retrace uh, your steps again, um, uh, because you're not audible, uh, and please speak slower into the louder to the mic. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Am yes. I audible now? Okay. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes the great shock, the killing of four taxi drivers, and the injury of the three others. Armed gunmen randomly opened fire at the taxi rank in Faraday, downtown Johannesburg, on Wednesday, 18 May 2022. Also notes that at this junction, no suspects have been arrested and the circumstances surrounding the incident are unknown. But were shot and belonged to Vetvater's Run African Taxi Association. We convey our heartfelt condolences and call upon law enforcement agencies perpetrators to book and for Santiago and law abiding citizens to work and assist the police in apprehending the criminals. Thank you I very much, uh, BB. Thank uh, you. Any objection to the motion? None. There being an objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Arnold. Honorable Arnold. Thank you, Outstay Person. I rise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that the council notes the rapid increase in the criminal act of cable theft and vandalism across South African urban areas and the lack of effective interventions in addressing this challenge. Further note that cable theft affect the country's transport and communication system, which are crucial to our economy.
whilst also leading to severe deaths due to electric shocks and burns of electrical engineers' substations. Acknowledge that cable, copper cables are mainly stolen from mines, Transnet, Telcom, ESCOM, and municipalities. With the South African Chamber of Commerce and Industry estimated that such theft costs the economy between five to seven billion rand every year. <coughs> Further acknowledge that from a financial perspective, the stealing of copper cables, overhead lines, transformers, and conductors cost Metro Rail approximately 70 million rand per year, and ESCOM approximately 2 billion rand per year, leading to lower productivity and job losses in these industries. Recognize that cable theft is a challenge which is as a result of various challenges which we face as a country, such as high unemployment, poverty, inequality, and land. We therefore call on the Minister of Police and other law enforcement agencies to act swiftly against cable theft criminal syndicates as this looting undermines all efforts of reviving our economy. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Arnold. Uh, uh, any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Dango. Thank you very much, Chairperson. <clears throat> Chairperson, on behalf of the African National Congress, I move uh, and note with great sadness the untimely passing on of the former mayor of Johannesburg, Comrade Mpoor Morani, a week after he was involved in a horrific car accident on Wednesday, the 18th of May, 2022. Further notes, Comrade Mpoor served as the, the people of Johannesburg as mayor between the 1st of October and the 22nd of November, 2021. Recalls that Comrade uh, Mpoor also served as a member of the mayoral committee responsible for environment and infrastructure services before he was elected as mayor. It also notes that at the time of his death, Comrade Mpoor was the ANC caucus leader in Johannesburg and the ANC regional treasurer. Therefore, convey our heartfelt condolences to his family, friends, comrades in the ANC and the people of South Africa. I so move. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Dango. Any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Ndongeni. Honorable Ndongeni. Thank you, Chair. Sorry, Chair, about the delay. Afternoon, Chair. I hereby move without notice that the Council note with utmost range report of range reports of the brutal murder and vicious abuse of Singwana Mtamtwa 
was viciously, viciously shot nine times on 21st April while she was in her car. After arriving at the Sidwata home in Mtata in the Eastern Cape, further notes with utmost anger that ruthless images and videos of her abuse at the hands of her controversial Eastern Cape businessman and major Fesane Pekizu, who works for the South African police. Take this opportunity to join the countless South Africans to call on the Minister of Police to take swift <coughs> action to ensure that the brutal and cold-hearted murder and abuse of seeing Wanam Klamtor receive the highest priority. And that major Fesane Pekizu is placed on immediately suspension, if not arrested for what now blended cases of intolerance, vicious abuse of Singwanam Klamto. I so moved. Thank you very Thank much, Nongen. Thank you very much. Um, is there any objection to the motion? No. There being no object objection, the motion is agreed, agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Bartlett. Yes, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Please I proceed. Notice. Am I audible, Chair? Yeah, I'm audible, I'm audible. I hereby move without notice that the council notes, firstly, with utmost concern and appreciation, the reports of the awful death of Misa Nana Maduka from Sikisiki in the Eastern Cape, who died with a family, as described as a vicious death while on board of the MSC orchestra ship on the voyage to Durban from Mozambique on the 27th May, 2022. Secondly, Chair, further notes of great uneasiness that the investigation of the Mbiza Mafuduka has stalled of no updates of the cause of a brutal death and that the MSC orchestra ship returned to Europe last Monday Admits reports that the staff members who were on duty the night of Omisa Mafuduka died with dismissed. Thirdly, Honorable Chairperson takes this opportunity to call on the Minister of Police to ensure that investigation on the death of Omisa Mafuduka receives high priority. And fourthly, Honorable Chair, further calls on the Minister of Labor and Minister of Tourism to investigate the conditions of the dismissal of the crew of the MSC Orchestra ship and his departure from South Africa at must in investigation on the death of Mbisa Mafuduka. I so move, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Bartlett. Uh, is there any objection to the motion? None. Uh, there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Mutsamai. Honorable Mutsamai. Thank you, Chairperson. Kinala Buchata Ba Network Electricity Buchata Kakwa. Tukuparukiska Saisa. I just want to watch Please proceed. Please proceed. Chairperson. I raise on behalf of the EF Economic Freedom Fighters that cancel debate at its next sitting the long-standing problem of broken police vehicle in Houghton, which has
Please proceed, Msamai. Speak to the gadget. Be a, a bit slower, but louder. Yeah, so Msamai is no longer on the platform. We'll come back to him if we get an opportunity. Honorable Malika. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I rise on behalf of African National Congress. Moves without notice. That the House commends the University of Stellenbosch for suspension of a student who has filmed urinating on the belong belongings of a fellow student. To note that the barbaric incident took place at the Ace Maris residence on the university campus in the early hours on Sunday, morning 15 May 2022. Thirdly, believes that the dehumanizing racist act at Ace Maris is not acceptable, and no, and no student has the right to diminish other students' human dignity. Last one, therefore, calls on the university to speedily conclude the investigation of the incident and make it find its public to reassure the country that it strives for an inclusive student community. I saw more. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Malika. Uh, is there any objection to the motion? None. Uh, Thank there you, being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the constitution. Honorable Ngozi follows. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Ngozi, we'll come, we'll come to you. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I hereby move without notice that the council one notes with utmost concern the brutal, senseless and heartless murder of six-year-old Bonte Mashiani, whose tiny body was found mutilated in the bush about two kilometers from her home in Mkanduzweni, near White River in Mpumalang. And two, takes this opportunity to welcome the speedy arrest of three suspects who appeared briefly in the Gabobweli Magistrate Court in Pumalanga yesterday before the matter was postponed to to June the second. Lastly, Chair, to take this opportunity to condemn in the strongest possible term the purely evil, inhuman and cold-hearted mutilation of such a young innocent child by the people who even took part in searching for her when she was reported missing. I Thank you very much, Honorable Ngozi. Any objection to the motion? None. There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Nana. Ah. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Hey, this thing is messing me around now. Yeah, no, please, please proceed. You're audible. Thank you, Chairman. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move without notice that this council notes their, their reports with disgust 
about a resolution taken by Amatolid District Municipality Council in the Eastern Cape to reappoint Mr. Tandegile Mnima as a municipal manager for another five years. Notes of that opposition parties in Amatolid District Municipality opposed this appointment, but the ANC faction aligned to the regional executive committee used its majority to bulldoze the item. Notes that it is under Mr. Mnimba's tenure as a municipal manager that Amatolid District Municipality has basically gone bankrupt and failed to provide basic services such as water to the majority of villages in, in their jurisdiction. Further notes that it is under Mr. Mnimba's tenure as, the, as a municipal manager that labor relations are at its lowest in Amatolid District Municipality. Staff live in, in staff lives in constant fear of their lives. Notes that it is Mr. Mnimba, despite precarious financial situation of Amatolid municipality, he gave himself a salary rise from 1.6 million. He now earns a cushy 2.4 million, a salary that dwarfs those of city of city managers in metros and deputy ministers. Notes that this council, this council further notes that it is alleged that the security guards, Nengabi, hitmen, that dragged through office passages and humiliated Councillor Nanzi where Hulasha acted on, on, on Mr. Mnimba's instructions. That this council edges, uh, and, and this council should condemn his appointment with the contempt it deserves and calls on the MEC for Cocter, Mr. Kolilemata, not to give concurrence to Mr. Mnimba's disgraceful appointment. I so move. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Nana. Is there any objection to the motion? There being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Honorable Mandlakai. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chepesi. On behalf of the African National Congress, I move without notice that the House welcomes the special tribunal setting aside of a COVID-19 door-to-door tender awarded by the OR Tambo District Municipality to Patilis Training Institute in February 2020. Notes that the special investigating unit brought the application seeking to declare the extension unlawful and void. Recalls that in January 2019, the municipality awarded a tender to Party Lizwi to conduct community education workshop within the municipality for 12 months. Also recalls that on February 24, 2020, the municipality extended the contract by six months. Considered special tribunal, on Wednesday, 18 May 2022, declare unlawful and, and set aside a 2020 extension of a tender awarded to a company to conduct a COVID-19 campaign for the OR Tambo municipality in the Eastern Cape. And commends the SIU for the job well done in exposing irregularities in the extension of a COVID-19 door-to-door tender contract for six months. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, is there an objection to the motion? No. Uh, and there being no objection, 
The motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section 65 of the constitution. Thank you very much. Honorable Mutsamai. Honorable I raise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that the council debate at its next sitting the long-standing problem of broken police vehicle in Houghton, which has led to the vehicle shortage in many police stations across the province, rendering subs unable to police certain areas I saw move. Yeah, though the motion sounds like notice of a motion, uh, we nonetheless allow it. Uh, any objection to the motion? None, there being no objection, the motion is agreed to in terms of section 65 of the, of the constitution. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. Uh, that takes us to the first order of the day. Uh, so honorable delegates, before we proceed to the first, first order, I would like to take this opportunity to welcome the minister and deputy minister of mineral resources, and energy. The Minister uh, and Deputy Minister of Small Business Development, MECs, Saraga representatives, and all special, like, special delegates uh, to the House. Uh, so honorable delegates, we will now proceed to the first order. Policy debate on budget vote 34, mineral resources and energy appropriation I now call upon the Honorable Kwede uh, Mantashe, Minister of Mineral, Mineral Resources and Energy, to open the debate. Honorable Mantashe. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Masondo. Honorable Deputy Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, Dr. Nobu Shengabane, Honorable Members of the National Council of Provinces, Acting Director General of the Department, Patricia Kamete and Team DMR, uh, Chairpersons and Executive Officers, Chief Executive of our state-owned entities, Captains of the Industry, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to table budget and vote 34. We deliver this budget as allocated to the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy under difficult domestic and global economic conditions. Load shedding continues to impact negatively on livelihoods, mining production, and economy at large. It is also expected that oil prices will continue to increase and that's impact negatively on local consumers and transport users. <coughs> this is mainly due to global events pushing prices of price above $100 per barrel uh, and the high U.S. interest rates. Government remains committed to cushion the people of South Africa from adverse impact of these domestic and global uh, economic realities. Hence, the department continues to implement various interventions and measures to ensure security of energy supply 
and to society and ensure that mining continues to contribute positively to the economy. This was evidence with the 11.8% uh, of mining registered growth in 2021. Uh, we also saw mining production recovering to almost pre-COVID-19 level in 2021. Uh, and therefore that contribution has been acknowledged over and over. We must continue working together to ensure that it is sustainable. Let me hasten to talk about business of the day, the budget allocation to the GMRE. The main appropriation for the Department of Resources and Energy in 2022-23 financial year is a total of 10.4 billion rand. Earmark transfer payments to public entities, municipalities, and other implementing institutions account for 8.3 billion of uh, or 79 percent, uh, 79.9 percent of the total budget. The allocation to operational activities, inclusive of procurement of capital assets, account for two, uh, 2.1 billion uh, or, uh, or 21 percent of the budget. Substantial portion of the transfer payments budget is distributed to implementing agencies as follows. Uh, 5.7 billion rand uh, is to ESCOM and municipalities for the implementation of the integrated uh, national electricity program, the INEP program. Uh, 233.5 million uh, to various service providers for implementation of the non-grid electrification program. 223.2 million rand uh, to municipalities for energy demand site management program. Our public entities are budgeted to receive a combined allocation of 2 billion, mainly for operational activities. The increase of 1.4% to the main appropriation as compared to the previous financial year is due to increase allocation towards uh, ICT costs. This is inclusive of the cost for the new enterprise system to address backlogs in, in processing the mining license application, uh, office accommodation costs, preparatory work uh, for the new multi-purpose reactor project under NEXA, and the operational funding to the independent power producer office for review for procurement program of IPPs. The development of electrification master plan for, final, uh, for finalization uh, in 2022-23 financial year with earmarked allocation of 50 million rand. Go to minerals. Uh, in fulfilling the, our commitment in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan, government approved and published the mining exploration and strategy and implementation plan. With the strategy, we intend to attract uh, at least 5% of global spend of exploration in the next three to five years. We invite all South Africans and investment community to support the strategy for the country to continue discovering minerals underneath our soil for the benefit of all South Africans. I'm certain that with the support of the provinces, 
will be able to explore every square kilometer of the country, unlock this country's mining potential, and develop our economy. The Council of Geoscience for Geoscience will provide details of the de-risking of our mineral anchorage to attract more exploration budget to our shores. Exploration is quite important in the fact that if you don't do exploration, uh, you are not going to grow mining. You discover, then you mine, and then you, you, you process. Mining and petroleum regulation. The department remains committed to resolving challenges experienced in the license applications and processing. However, I am pleased to report that the department has done well in the petroleum side. We have dealt with the backlog and are within the legislated uh, times for all applications for which the information has been submitted. During the previous financial year, the department finalized over 1,000 mineral prospecting rights applications and adjudicated about 300 mining, mining right applications. Uh, however, not all of these rights translate into operation due to a number of appeals laws. Uh, in essence, I can report that the department is attending to the backlogs in the mining license applications and processing, and the agency of getting a work a working cadastral system uh, cannot be emphasized more. On beneficiation, uh, beneficiation is an important avenue uh, to which we can derive value uh, in the vast mineral resources that our country is endowed with. The department is engaged in consultation with our social partners to finalize the mineral beneficiation uh, master plan which seeks to address the constraints uh, to mineral beneficiation in the country to ensure uh, an orderly development of mineral value chain. In other words, we want to minimize the issue of export of raw commodities without processing them. In the previous financial year, we developed a strategy to revitalize ferrochrome sector. We'll convene social partners to, to agree on a social compact as part of reviving the smelting capacity in South Africa. And of course, smelting capacity is heavily dependent on the prices of electricity. In the previous financial year, the department hosted mining investment conferences in Limpopo, Northwest and the Northern Cape uh, uh, to highlight the potential of these provinces in the future of mining. We firmly believe that these provinces can be developed into a massive mining corridor in our country. This takes nothing away from the significant role that can be played uh, by other provinces, uh, such as Pumalanga or Gauteng Free State in South Africa, uh, in both mining and energy. Mine health and safety. The department continues to partner with social partners to achieve the goal of zero harm in mining uh, through collaboration and to implementation of COVID-19 pandemic interventions. The mining sector has to date vaccinated more than 75% of mine workers with the recovery rate 
of 98.5% of those who fall sick. This year, we'll convene the Mine Health and Safety Tripartite Summit to consider interventions that can prevent uh, injuries and fatalities in the workplace. We are concerned with the 74 fatalities reported in 2021. You must remember that in 2019, we set a record of 51 fatalities. We always strive to improve from that record. So 74 is a setback. Through mining, though mining is considered a, a, a dirty, dangerous, difficult, and disease sector, we must strive to ensure that we mine safely and prevent injuries and loss of lives. To us, a loss of one life is one life too many. Despite challenges, the department has made good progress in increasing energy generation capacity to address the energy shortfall, as highlighted in the Integrated Resource Plan 2019. To this end, the department has ensured the connection to the grid of 1,850 megawatts from the project signed under bid window four. Uh, uh, on the renewable energy independent power producer procurement program. They have procured, will procure 2,600 megawatts of, of an, uh, renewable energy through between the five with the signing of a project agreement planned to the end of, for the end of July and end of September. Uh, these projects are expected to deliver power into the grid within 24 months from the date of signing the project. We have issued the request for proposals for procurement of 2,600 megawatts of renewables under bid window six. And we are also finalizing with ESCO, the buyer, the agreement with the preferred projects procured as part of the 2,000 megawatts under the risk mitigation independent power producer procurement program. In other words, we, we agree that we should not wait for the settlement of all the disputes with all these projects. Those that are ready should be allowed to continue. In addition, the department is finalizing requests for proposals to be issued in the current financial year for the procurement of 513 megawatts of storage, 3,000 megawatts of gas, 2,000 uh, 600 megawatts of renewable energy in between the seven, 1,500 megawatts of coal. This initiative will bring online over 13,000 megawatts. It is important to 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 that many of these projects get taken to court uh, by uh, a number of NGOs that are actually. Uh, oppose anything except renewable. And we have a duty to do development in the country and not succumb to the pressure of anti-development movement. Uh, to meet the commitment of for universal access to electricity, 166,000 households were electrified in the last year. And we further intend to connect an additional 600 and uh, 40,000 households to the grid, and a further 45,000 uh, households with uh, non-grid technology 
And what we should remember is that uh, as we deal with clean technology, we equally have a challenge of energy poverty. So we must confront both of them and not only focus on one because there's no process that will work on one leg. Integral to reforms, we have amended the Electricity Regulation Act to create a transmission entity to act as a wheeler and as a dealer of electricity competitively. The bill tabled to cabinet in January 2022, published for comments, is being finalized. It will be presented to cabinet for approval with the intention to table to parliament by the end of July 2022. Alongside these are amendments in the electricity pricing policy, which will also be tabled for final approval by cabinet by the end of July 2022. In October 2020, we amended the ERA uh, on new generation capacity to enable municipality in good financial standing to develop their own power generation project. So the department was has put in place an internal standard operating procedure to ensure that the request for 734 determinations are, att are attended to in the shortest possible period. In other words, yes, we've amended the, the rules, but we're not receiving uh, enough applications from municipalities. We're hoping that municipalities will be able to generate the electricity. Uh, energy efficiency is important. With more than 200 municipalities participating in energy efficiency and demand site management plan program, 45 of those uh, are funded through the the, 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 the fiscals and complemented by donor funding. During 2022-23, we'll accelerate the energy efficiency campaign. On generation uh, for own use, since the gazetting of the 100 megawatts uh, embedded generation, National Regulation of South Africa has registered six generation facilities with the capacity ranging between one and 10 megawatts. The total capacity to be generated from the six generation facilities is 24 megawatts. NERSA has further registered 553 projects that are under one megawatt, totaling to 268 megawatts. The, the department continues to work with other government departments under Operation Bulindiana to streamline the approval processes uh, for generation for own use. Uh, the registration of two projects of 100 megawatts by NERSA uh, in the Northwest is instilling confidence in the future. In terms of oil and gas, the Upstream Petroleum Resource Development Bill is before Parliament for consideration. We look forward to finalization of this process as it will unlock the potential of investment into our petroleum resources. We must make the point that oil and gas are catalysts for development. We must invest time and energy in them so that we can accelerate the growth. We cannot be happy to be about 1% growth trajectory of the economy. It gives me pleasure to report to the honorable members of this August House that IKS subsidiary of SAF uh, has acquired additional 40% ownership of Romco Pipeline. This means that South African Mozambique 
jointly own 80% of the pipeline, with Sasol owning the remaining 20%. Council for Geoscience has confirmed the verification of shale gas samples that were tested internationally. We are now awaiting environmental assessment approval uh, by mid-June 2022. A gas master plan yet to be presented to cabinet is at its advanced stages to develop, uh, of development following the publication of the base case report last year. The plan will consolidate in this, in this way. Notably, oil and gas projects continue to be under threat from well-funded lobby groups who also misinform unsuspecting communities. We since we have consulted six traditional councils in the Eastern Cape to help them understand the, posi the possible benefits of the upstream petroleum industry on their communities and our economy in general. We intend to engage some additional traditional leaders in other provinces. Let me explain that this project is quite important for us because the riot in July last year indicated to us that more need to be done when we discovered that 50% of the GDP is in two provinces. It means we must work with speed to intervene and change the economic architecture of the economy. That apartheid architecture focused only three legs. Other problems were not taken into account. We have a duty to uh, bring those uh, provinces in line. And then uh, South Africa remains committed to soft development of hydrogen economy. Our country possesses the world's largest grade of platinum group metals that are integrated to the hydrogen economy. We must therefore explore prospects and mine these minerals as we transition from high carbon emission to low carbon emission. The launch of the world's largest hydrogen power, uh, power truck uh, by Anglo-American and Mukhala Kwena uh, gave the necessary boost to the hydrogen economy. Honorable members, allow me to conclude by thanking the Deputy Minister, Dr. Nobushengabane, for her support since assuming her position in 2021. Let me also extend my gratitude to the continued support from Director General Tabomkwena, the current Acting Director General, Ms. Patricia Kamede, the Select Committee, Team DMR, both the CEO of entities reporting to DMRA. Lastly, let me thank my wife, uh, my family, and my private office staff for unwavering support. I present to the NCOP the budget rule number 34 for your deliberations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Minister. We will now move on to our second speaker, Honorable T.C. Mudise. Honorable Mudise. Oh, thank you very much, uh, the chairperson, and good afternoon, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, my colleagues. Honorable Chairperson, it is <clears throat> important to know that this policy vote is, reflect, is reflected at the time when the state-owned enterprise 
as an agent that the state attempt to use in order to intervene in the market for the purpose of promoting economic development to benefit all society, particularly the poor, as well as the meeting the its obligation are con- experiencing institutional in, in paces. The form that the institutional in paces takes its extent and its negative impact vary economy, economies eco- enormously. However, across the different SOE, various uh, combination of different policies intervention have been put in place to batters the SOE as the agent through which the development and structural transformation can emerge and be achieved. First of all, economic reconstruction and reconstruction and uh, recovery plan postulated that the identification of the new strategy mineral to improve the performance of the state insofar as lifting the economy's growth and development strategy to the highest level is concerned, will be prioritized. The identification of the new strategy mineral will prioritize in the in the three complementary phase. First, as it was, it is widely taught support for the local beneficiation of the mineral, the building of mineral and value chain and strengthening broad-based industrialization will be prioritized. Secondly, the state will strengthen the broad-based <coughs> sorry, sorry. Yo. Um, uh, <coughs> Secondly, the, the state will improve the capacity and subsequently direct investment a, a raise towards the direction of the exploration as well as the exploitation of the new strategy minerals. Third, the exploration and exploitation of the new strategy mineral will highly supervised by the state to ensure that they are improved in performance of the state in terms of the mineral beneficiation policy. There is a a regionalization of the Council of Geoscience to meet its objective of ERRP concerning the identification of the new strengthened mineral is already underway. His Excellency President Honorable Ramaphosa and Minister Ndate Mantashi recently in Indaba 2022 announced that Tangible evidence indicates that South Africa has abundance of untapped resources such as cobalt, copper, lithium, 
nickel and zinc, which become increasing important the effects of transforming the green and transitioning to the green economy. Through the exploration strategy, which approved by the cabinet for public consultation to address comprehensive challenge for sustainable development. The CGS has identified the identification and drilling of selected mineral target areas for quantification of prioritizing mineral deemed critical for sustainable development, just illustrate the reconciliation assessment of multi-indue coal field in Eastern Cape shows an estimated economically exploitation of coal tonnage of 320 million tons and a value of benefits, a ground of 122 billion using a conservative estimated of 350 per ton. Moreover, the recognizance assessment of Ramukoka carbonate complex in the Northwest province, which indicate a host of numerous mineral including an estimated tonnage of rare F, F elements of 470,000 tons phosphate at 300,000 tons at copper at 300,000 300, tons of the estimated value of 1,4 billion. There is a there is a very reason to believe that the Department of Mineral Resource and Energy small performance in the processing of mining and prosperity rights as well as the mineral transfer application have been potentially affected. Key infrastructure investment and negatively. Impact of the exploration of the new strategy mineral, lastly, and by not means last, they appear to be back on institutional capacity to jumpstart the rolling out of mineral beneficiation, as well as much broader sweater of the radical economic transformation in the mining industry. And therefore, it is not guaranteed that the exploitation of the new strategy mineral will primarily benefit the communities and subsequently reverse the triple challenge of poverty, inequality, and unemployment. These are all relevant consideration. However, specific 
example of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy's performance targets plans during the current financial year redeem these considerations ineffectively. The beginning of investment in the technology upgrading, which especially important for avoiding a middle income technology tapped and lack of structural transformation, transformation broadly in and marked already. In particular, the Department of Mineral and Resource intend to invest in, in the new ICT infrastructure as, as the department recognized the fact that there is a there are some important function of the actively particularly processing of the mining rights and mineral transfer application, which require advanced technology cap capabilities to address them. This implies that the new ICT infrastructure will process mining rights and mineral transfer application within a short space thereby increasing the role of the historical disadvantaged South Africans. In the mining industry as sector with the scope for higher consultative productivities. Furthermore, the ANC-led government through the Department of Mineral Resource and Energy has successfully come to terms with the challenge regarding the slow pace of the spillover effects of the mineral beneficiation policy. Hence, the Department of Mineral Resource and Energy will finalize the draft of the mineral beneficiation master plan whose intent gold, goals include but not limited to enhancing the leakage between the mining sector and the broader economy. More importantly, there is a progress in the regard in the National Energy Regulator of South Africa has approved negotiating priority agreement between ESCOM and Hillside Aluminium Smelter in Richards Bay, Kwazul Natal province to enable the smelter to have completely prized electricity to drive mineral beneficiation. Adding to the identification of the new strategic mineral and accelerating the mineral beneficiation policy is the development in innovative technology of MinTech. To be sure the MinTech innovative technology contribute towards the realization of industrialization through localization of outline in economy reconstruction and recovery plan. To be more specific, 
MinTech is working with the industrial and international researchers to source 2.9 billion required to build the smelter that, that will enable the country to exploit. The Bushfeld complex, which consultatives the world's unexploited repository of platinum ground element escrominium and vanadium. Furthermore, Mintech is working jointly with Sianda, Chrome Smelting Company, to be broadening the energy mix to include about 30% of the electricity requirement for smelting with the renewable energy at Sianda. Bakata Platinum Mine in Swartlip, Limpopo Province. These four <coughs> chrome smelter project is invested ready, and it is estimated to produce approximately 380,000 tons per annum. And across that will in place. The smelter in the lower cost quantile of global production cost curve. The implementation of economic reconstruction and recovery plan industrialization through localization priority, priority applies clearly to pertain partnership between the platinum and Mintech to revitalize the state-owned pharmaceutical company named Gitla Pila. The partnership trans transition approved by the Minister of Mineral Resource and Energy. Honorable member, as you close. In my conclusion, this Ketapeli uh, project uh, is going to facilitate 700 jobs, which is will help people with living with HIV and AIDS and contributors to security <laughs> supply and availability of disease leading to improve the healthy society in uh, burdening the national uh, health insurance. Perhaps up, remember. the ANC supports the vote. No, thank you very much. Uh, our next speaker is going to be Honorable Smith. Honorable Smith. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Am I audible? Yes, audible. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. 
Chairperson, uh, it's always, uh, you know, pleasure to speak yeah, of the chairperson of the committee who just read us her uh, speech so can I ask script. you to please focus? Can you hear me, Chairperson? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, speak a bit slower, okay. but a bit louder, and speak to the thank, mic. Thank you, Chair. That's Honorable Chair. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable uh, Minister, Honorable um, Members, and fellow South Africans. I'm actually surprised to see the Minister in the House today, as neither he nor the Deputy found it necessary to attend any of the two scheduled select committee meetings to discuss his department's budget and APP. It seems he, uh, he left his logic at Latule House and grabbed his arrogance instead when he left in a rush to attend to all the... Can you focus on the debate rather than side issues? And focus on the debate. Honorable Chairperson, I want to remind both Minister Mantashi and his fellow ANC members in this House that he and his department is accountable to us as uh, as parliament and not the other way around as he seems to believe his absolute disregard for this parliament and his committees should be noted and he should uh, be reprimanded for this by this house instead i am foreseeing the anc members who will follow me in this debate uh, will instead tow the latuli house line disregard the oath to the people of uh, this country and let the minister just where he wants. But should we even be surprised by the fact that the executive has this, this disregard for parliament when there is an in inept leader of uh, government business, our deputy president, the Honorable David Mabuza, I cannot think of a more apt uh, analogy than the blind leading the blind. Where is the logic, Minister, in standing on a public platform and saying that ESCOM has lots of energy available that he does not use, that he does not use and should find ways to use it? Really, Minister, you are very much aware of the disaster at ESCOM and the state of our power stations to make such a populist and irresponsible statement. Instead, you should have asked the ANC's investment arm, uh, Chancellor House, to repay all the money it benefited from the Hitachi deal to build Madupi and Kusile power uh, uh, disasters as, uh, uh, and as the ANC claimed responsibility for the mess at, at ESCOM. Minister, it is you who stands between South Africa and economic growth, as you are the one who throttle our economy, our economy by desperately trying to hold on to an outdated coal power monopoly of the state. When the DA-led coalition takes over in 2024, we will expose exactly that by showing you how we unleash the economic opportunities by moving away from your, from your dinosaur model to an innovative, green, sustainable, and cheaper, competitive uh, private sector-led power generation model. You have the keys to, to the gates of economic prosperity, Minister. Use it because your time is running out. Tick-tock, tick-tock. 
Another show of arrogance and disregard for the separation of powers by threatening direct interference in the administration in your, uh, is, uh, is your threat to uh, anyone who opposes your aspirations for nuclear energy. As you, say, uh, as you said it, Minister, and I quote, I will fire you if you don't support nuclear. Well, Minister, yeah, I am. Please fire me because I am against nuclear. Why don't you understand about this the fact that this country cannot afford nuclear? Yes, it might seem cheaper to operate when assembled, uh, uh, when uh, assembled after the massive cost uh, to do so exactly to do exactly that. But what is not spoken of is the dangers if something goes wrong. Have we not learned lessons from the, the uh, from Japan with the Fukushima? Uh, a nuclear disaster in 2011, or the nail-biting standoff at uh, Zaporizhia uh, um, uh, nuclear plant in Ukraine just recently. Minister, we are all aware of climate change and the threats it presents with unprecedented natural disasters, as we just saw in KZN. Stop this foolishness and stop trying to justify it by referring to your energy mix plan. South Africa will oppose it and all its might, believe you me. Let's talk a bit about um, hand-to-mouth issues. This is a matter that affects every single person in this country. That is the cost of living. We all just got the shocker that the fuel is expected to rise by a around 377 per liter for 25 octane petrol, which will bring the price to 25 rent a liter for fuel. That will drastically affect the price of every single thing in this country. Food prices will skyrocket. Your taxi ride will become much more expensive. Electricity will become more expensive because we are using millions of liters of diesel to just keep the lights on. And so we can go on and on. But this is not a concern of the executive, as you all all live in fantasy uh, fantasy land while South Africa suffer. Minister, this is because of the war in Ukraine, which the NC administration showed their jellyfish spine and and silent support for Russia, who is directly responsible for this war. The the other factor is the fact that you as minister is failing South Africans in the uh, deepest time of need by adding back the uh, two-months-only 150 levy relief. This poverty cabinet, of which you are not only a part, uh, part of, but one of the main players responsible, is taking at least 30% of the price of fuel in the form of government levies. You have the ability to make life bearable for South Africans during this trying times, Minister. But I doubt uh, uh, you will give up all the other luxuries to sponsor the ordinary South African. The DA will soon present its plan to make life more uh, affordable for South Africans. And there is already a petition out, uh, slash uh, fuelprices.co.za, that everybody can go and sign. 
as we as the DA, and more specifically, the um, uh, poorest who need it the most. You see, Minister, we as the DA do not re uh, report to the Tuli House and the aspirations of, uh, aspirations of state, state capturers. We as the DA report to South Africans, the people who elect all of us as members of parliament. We as the DA will act in the best interest of ordinary law-abiding citizens who just want to make a, a decent living. The DA doesn't talk, uh, only talk. The DA gets things done. The DA is also not waiting for 2024 to act. We are already gearing up for the great takeover in 2024. When every South African will have hope of a better future again, when every South African will feel that they are taken seriously again, when every South African will feel safe and at home in this country again, when every South African can feel proud to be a South African again. I will keep my oath to the people of South Africa, Minister, and keep you and your department accountable until then. Let's see if you can take it on the, on the nose, Minister. I'm waiting for your response. I thank you. Thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, we will now proceed to Honorable Mboko. Honorable Mboko. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, greetings to you, Chairperson. Uh, greetings to the Deputy Chairperson, Minister for Mineral Resources and Energy, uh, Honorable Mantashe. Deputy Minister, Honorable Members of this August House, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Honorable Chairperson, I first wish to welcome and indicate our support to the budget vote as was delivered by Minister Mandashe. The ongoing inept supply of electricity in the country remains a serious concern and is adversely impacting economic growth and job creation in South Africa and indeed in the Eastern Cape province. We join and support the efforts to accelerate all forms of new, of new electricity generation. In the current efforts, the Eastern Cape stands ready to play a role. The Honorable Minister has noted that 1,850 uh, megawatts from projects signed under PID Window 4 of the Renewable Energy Independent Power Producer Procurement Program have been connected to the grid. Four of these wind farms are in the Western, uh, are in the Eastern Cape province. They have added 433 megawatts of capacity to the national grid. These four wind farms have made commitments to spend 3.24 billion on social economic development initiatives and 1.17 billion on enterprise development over the next 20 years. Since starting operations, they've already spent 5.97 million on these commitments in their local uh, co uh, communities. We're also mindful that these projects have been awarded in the Eastern Cape province under uh, the risk mitigation procurement program with a combined capacity of 723 megawatts 
We look forward to the finalization of these three projects. Furthermore, we look forward to the signing of projects agreements under bid window five of the Renewable Energy Independent Power Producer Program. Two wind farms were awarded in the Eastern Cape province as preferred bidders. These wind farms will add an extra 224 megawatts to a national grid, have an estimated investment of 4.6 billion rand, and are likely to create up to a 1,300 job opportunities at construction and operations. In the Eastern Cape province, we are also tracking many thousands of megawatts of additional renewable energy under preparation for bid window six and beyond. In respect of to electricity generation from uh, liquid natural gas, we continue to work with the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, the Central Energy Fund and Transnet to advance liquid natural gas infrastructure in support of a gas hub at Kuha. The Kuha SEZ is working to support up to 3000 megawatts of new gas to power generation. Honorable members, we note that the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy is working on the framework for the new uh, nuclear procurement program and will engage on the new developments accordingly. We have demonstrated as the Eastern Cape that we can contribute significantly to the urgent need for new electricity generation on the national grid. However, as much as there are new generation projects under development, these projects are heavily limited by the capacity of the ESCOM transmission grid in our province. The constraints of the transmission grid represents a definite limit to the new energy. We will work closely with ESCOM to support new grid developments in the province. The Honorable Minister of TMRE has recently celebrated the launch of the world's first hydrogen fuel cell truck as part of continuing work on the South African hydrogen economy. He has noted that the potential for hydrogen economy in South Africa is massive due to our enormous endowment with the platinum group metals, as well as renewable energy resources. To this point, the Eastern Cape province is well-placed to play a strong role in the hydrogen economy. We have excellent wind and solar resources, two special economic zones, and the necessary supporting infrastructure. All the critical enablers for the commercial viability of projects are in place. The Kuha SEZ, will host Hive Hydrogen SA, which entails the construction of a 69.6 billion green ammonia plant with its own dedicated uh, green power supply. The SNK province is ready to contribute towards our national energy needs. In so doing, deepening and transforming value chains, growing our economy and creating much needed jobs. I wish to reiterate that the province is in support of all efforts and is willing to work with the department in all efforts that are aimed at bringing about development to the province of the Eastern Cape. The recent economic shocks that have taken place between Gauteng and Natal have reminded us that we have not adequately and aggressively dealt with the spatial design of the structure of the economy of the past. This is why when massive economic disruptions that take place in Gauteng and KZN, the entire nation catches the smoke. The Eastern Cape is endowed with a number of resources that give it a competitive advantages. This, these include water, biodiversity, an extensive coastline of over 800 kilometers along the Indian Ocean, with an enormous potential for an ocean economy 
as well as mineral and energy resources. We should utilize these resources and endowments to unlock economic growth opportunities and create much needed employment opportunities for the people of the Eastern Cape, the home of the legends. I thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, um, uh, uh, We will now proceed to uh, our speaker number five, uh, Honorable uh, Arnolds. Honorable uh, Arnolds. Thank, thank you, House Chairperson. The economic freedom fighters rejects budget vote 34 on mineral resources and energy. Chairperson, we reject this budget as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has dismally failed on its core mandates and responsibilities insofar as mineral resources and energy in this country. Energy remains central to the development and growth of a country. For without energy, an economy cannot create goods, services, and people cannot move meaning that a stable supply of electricity needed for industrialization cannot be guaranteed. Yet we find ourselves in a situation where as a country, we are ranked as the 10th worst mining destination in the world, according to the Fraser Institute's annual survey. And if one were to look at our ratings over the past years, one would notice that we have been dropping drastically. We also faced a huge energy crisis where every other day we are disturbed and defocused by load shedding schedule announcements as opposed to announcements that we are a step closer to stable electricity provision. Minister, the vision of your, de your department is to create an enabling environment in which state-owned companies add real economic value by facing on, focusing on operational excellence, commercial viability, and fiscal prudence. The reality, Chairperson, which we all know but do not want to admit is that the department has over time demonstrated its incapacity to carry out its primary functions, meet targets, and get the basics right over service delivery and the ability to bring stability in both the mining industry and the energy sector. The Department of Mineral and, Res and Resources and Energy has shown no initiative in ensuring mining companies adhere to environmental laws Instead, they have taken it upon themselves to spend billions of taxpayers' money on re rehabilitation initiatives, a cost that should be directly incurred by these companies. Mining companies such as Siben Banya, Stillwaters, continue to exploit our people, fueled by the knowledge that they are untouchable and that the Department of Mineral and Resources and Energy is not only toothless, but also slow in responding to workers' complaints. 
And today, we are requested to approve a budget which at face value is about giving the country false hope and encouraging for more taxpayers' money to be pumped where there is little accountability and repercussions. Minister, the approach of this government to energy is failing the people of South Africa and the economy of this country is suffering because of it. This department set a number of targets when canvassing for previous budgets have not been met and instead of effective measures put in place to meet such targets, new targets are made. Now, as we did debate this in the House today, there is no clear report in relation to where we are with the risk mitigation independent power producers procurement program. And there is no will to table and review the integrated resource plan for energy, which should be tabled at least every two years. We are also facing yet another wave of fuel increase and there is no plan, decisive plan, no plan also to clamp down on cable theft and fuel theft, which at the rate they are happening should have been classified as economic sabotage and dealt with harshly. As the economic freedom fighters, we therefore want to reiterate that ESCOM should be under the Department of Energy and that energy supply must be stabilized with different energy sources, including safe coal, nuclear energy, and renewable energy sources. The state must own the natural, natural resources of this country. The exploitation of mine workers and unsafe working conditions need to be paid attention, as with only 120 mine yard safety inspectors currently employed, your department cannot effectively cover all nine uh, mines in the nine provinces. Currently, the majority of oil refineries in South Africa are owned by big oil companies. These companies are exploiting our workers and are driven by profit. Central to the department's plan for localized beneficiation and processing of raw materials should be the transformation of the mining and energy sector in ensuring ownership and activity in both sectors are reflective of the country's demographics. Minister, your department has shown over time its inability to deal with irregular expenditure, expenditure not complying with treasury regulations and supply chain management policies. The procurement of 2,000 and 500 megawatt of nuclear energy is listed in the 2019 integrated resource plan. But the plan requires affordability due to corruption, looting of state resources, mismanagement. Citizens must now suffer the consequences of your state capture. As the EFF, we reject this budget. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, the Honourable Member.
We will now proceed to Honorable Mugabane. Mugabane. Honorable Mugabane. Thank you so, so much, uh, Honorable Chairperson, the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy, the Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Honorable Chairperson, we are not going to entertain the stance of the Democratic Alliance of being opportunistic by grandstanding and raising unfounded issues here in this uh, council. The IRP is very clear, Honorable Chairperson, and you are open to workshop the Democratic Alliance if need be. There are no cold dinosaurs here. We only speak of the energy mix as per the IRP 2019 aimed at curbing energy poverty. The nuclear, the coal, the gas and renewables as well as the battery storage are part of the just transition. Honorable Chairperson, as the Honorable Minister Kwetemantash has indicated, mining remains at the center of our economy. This has been further emphasized by the role mining has played at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic since its outbreak in 2019 up to date. It is precisely for this reason that the exploration strategy speaks to increasing South Africa's share of global exploration funding by up to at least 5% by the year 2025. It was against this backdrop that we convened the three provincial mining endeavors in the provinces of Limpombo, the Northwest and Northern Cape. This culminated in the Africa mining endeavor where we repositioned not just South Africa, but the entire continent as a suitable mining investment destination. Honorable members, this reaffirms our international stance that South Africa cannot afford to be an island of success amidst a sea of poverty. Within our country, we maintain that three provinces mentioned can constitute a mining belt with a range of economic activities catapulted by the mining value chain in which local communities can participate. But unless we find those mineral deposits, we'll not be able to grow the mining sector. The current geopolitical standoff between Russia and Ukraine is clearly demonstrating our challenges with regard to the role of commodities, <coughs> such as those pertaining to energy generation. Energy is at the crossroad, not only on account of the Russia-Ukraine conflict, but also due to the ongoing challenges around combating global warming. As a country, this means that whilst perusing our development programs in the mining and energy sector, as informed by the Mineral and Petroleum Resources Development Act and the Integrated Resource Plan 2019, we must factor into climate change concerns. Our stance on climate change is spelled out in the National Data Mine Contributions as revised and submitted at COP26 in November 2021. Our emphasis on a just transition speaks to the inclusion of all energy sources as reflected in the IRP in order to move from higher to lower carbon emissions. The cabinet has approved the exploration strategy, which was developed to give effect to the South African Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan in respect to the mining industry. The exploration strategy is key to the future of mining in South Africa to unlock mining potentials. The strategy is premised on addressing issues of economic growth, social transformation, impact on environmental uh, concerns. Uh, I hope the EFF is listening. We therefore appeal for your support as we embark on programs to lobby support from Amakosi of the Eastern Cape on the offshore seismic surveys 
that have so far been halted through various court actions. As the Honorable Minister has said, from time to time, while we debate on whether to explore or not, the multinational companies involved are discovering gas and oil offshore in other jurisdictions within our region and further north of the continent. Juna exploration is part of the exploration strategy and in fact, transformation remains the hallmark of all mining endeavors from the upstream to downstream. As the Honorable President indicated in his State of the Nation address, South Africa is endowed with minerals of the future. This future that we speak of relates, amongst others, to how our minerals can be used to contribute to combat climate change. As the Minister has indicated, we accompanied the President to Mahalakwena in Lubobo to witness the transformation of diesel power truck into those powered by hydrogen, which is within the Hydrogen yes. Valley Initiatives. As we own our 90% of the estimated global platinum reserves, we are poised to be a global leader on this important commodity that promises to be a major source of absolute clean energy into the future. Provinces must therefore begin to look into innovative ways and how they can ally themselves with those national and global developments as part of positioning South Africa at the heart of the global energy market into the future. Linked to the exploration strategy, which seeks to speak to the upstream mining activities in the benefit, is the Beneficiation Master Plan, which speaks to the downstream mining activities. In essence, we are saying South Africa in particular and Africa in general must cease to be mere exporters of raw materials that ionically return as expensive value-added products through imports. Africa deserves to be an industrial site of various end-user product production. The platinum group metals we are endowed with can be beneficiated into countless end-user products from both the industrial and domestic or household usage. For instance, the PGM can be used for catalytic converters and fuel cells on the other hand, and for jewelry. Honorable members, there are a number of strategic interventions that the state-owned enterprises have done. The SAFE group is currently pursuing the acquisition of a brownfield asset with a view to maintain refinery capacity and capabilities whilst ensuring security of energy supply in the country. The SAFE has successfully acquired 25% shareholding in the 100 megawatt aqua redstone project located in the Northern Cape. The Strategic Fuel Fund has successfully acquired 50% of the BP storage facility in the north, in the Western Cape. This facility has a storage capacity of 1.6 billion liters per annum that represents plus minus 30% of the available terminal infrastructure capacity for the high growth Cape Town fuel market. To date, the department through the IPP office has processed a tariff reduction applications for 13 IPPs from build window one to window three since the inception of the refinancing protocol. The NELSA has approved a negotiated price agreement between the ESCOM holding and Hillside Aluminium in Richards Bay, Umshatuzelo Municipality, Guazulu Natal, in line with the interim framework for long-term NPAs effective from the 1st of August, 2021. The first commercial demonstration fuel cell using Mintech manufactured catalyst has been installed at one of the military hospitals in Pretoria. The South African Nuclear Energy Corporation is in the process of developing the multi-purpose reactor project as a replacement for the Safari One reactor. The project is expected to create 5,000 direct and 26,000 indirect jobs created during construction. 
The MinTech continues to expedite research and development in rapid diagnostic kits. The development is geared towards the detection of various burden of disease such as COVID-19, the HIV, TB, malaria, and other priority non-communicable disease through the use of gold-based nanotechnology. As I conclude, um, Honorable Chairperson, I take this opportunity to thank the Minister of Mineral Resources for his continued support since, since joining the department, the Office of the DG and officials of the department, as well as employees and all heads of various entities that report to the, to the department. I thank the staff in my office for their unfailing support, and I also count on your continued support for the success of our work. Lastly, I wish to reiterate that as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, we are happy with the manner the budget vote has been processed. We thank our colleagues in the select committee and appeal to our social partners, the workers, the industry, and communities to continue working with us to grow and transform the mineral uh, resources and energy sector as we continue doing our work effectively and efficiently. I thank you. Honorable member, we will now proceed to Honorable Bibi. Honorable Bibi. Honorable um, Bibi. Mr. to you on the table. Can you yeah. hear me? Yes, we're audible. Just uh, focus. Uh, speak a bit louder and to the mic. Okay, thank you very much. Am I audible now? Yes, you're audible. Chairperson, am I audible? Okay, yes. thank you, Chairperson. Um, yes, greetings to you and your deputy, uh, to Minister and his, his deputy, members of the House, and special delegates. Chairperson, the policy vote debate comes at a time when South Africa's energy insecurity is now widely understood and barriers to the country's economic growth, and also a stumbling block of great magnitude to long-term fixed capital investments in productive sectors of the economy. Unreliable electricity supply and effects on business and households. For instance, frequent load shedding results in foregone sales for businesses and damaged equipment that can preserve food for households. Chairperson, this calls for the reconfiguration of the electricity sector in South Africa, which has proven to be one of the hardest network industries to reform. And South Africa's case demonstrates purposely efforts to reform the electricity sector in the interest of efficiency, reliability, and cost effectiveness as outlined in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan are already being pursued aggressively, aggressively by the NC-led government. 
as far back as the 2020 State of the Nation address by his Excellency President Cyril Ramaphosa announced intention to enable additional solar and wind capacity and a greater role for municipalities, allowing them to source their own power from independent power producers. At the time of the policy vote debate, ESCOM has established a separate transmission subsidiary named the National Transmission Company of South Africa and is on track to complete its unbundling uh, by December 2022. To regulate this reform, the ANC led government has approved the amendment to the Electricity Regulation Act for the public comment, Honorable Smith. The separate transmission subsidiary and the Electricity Regulation Act taken together will definitely allow a move diverse hybrid electricity market in which the vertically integrated ESCOM remains the dominant player, but not a single buyer of electricity. And that IPPs contribute a certain amount, not more than 10% of generation capacity. Honorable Chairperson, this in turn will allow municipalities in various provinces to invest in self-generation to rather IPPs for some or all of their electricity supply. More importantly, Honorable Chairperson, this will minimize the tensions between low-income households and municipalities, as well as ESCOM over subsequent disconnections due to non-payment as renewable energies are cheaper relative to other sources of energy generation. Presents opportunities born to develop electricity infrastructure that is more responsive to social imperative and improve the energy security in industry. It also threatens ESCOM finance, financial performance, especially if municipalities indebted to the utility decide to migrate away to IPPs without settling outstanding. Honorable Chairperson, in other words, we must have safeguards to ensure that the procurement of electricity directly from IPPs by municipality for their residents does not take place at the cost of debt services provision to ESCOM. The ESCOM's exit partnership model developed by interministerial committee headed by the deputy president is likely to produce a more favorable outcome for both ESCOM and municipalities. Honorable Chairperson, building on the partnership between ESCOM and the Pumelela municipality in the Tabo Mufusani district, 
in Free State Province reached in 2017, which helped with effective uh, revenue recovery and reduced outage of residents. The new partnering approach is premised on ESCOM taking over the electricity distribution so that proper management systems are put in place and bulk electricity suppliers are paid. Honorable Chairperson, the approach is being tested in Maluti Pofano municipality, in the Sam districts as Pumelele municipality in state province. Although ESCOM's active partnership model is yet to be piloted to other indebted municipalities. Honorable Chairperson, there are four municipalities that use their debt in Guazulu Natal province. Namely, Ulundi was owing 99.2 million from an original debt of 105.3 million. Newcastle was owing 137.8 million from the original debt of 264.8 million. Umsunduzi was owing 109.4 million from the original debt of 199.9 million. And Umeni was owing 36.2 million from the original debt of 54.2 million. Honorable Smith, but no doubt, all those municipalities from KZN are paying. I wonder if under your watch are paying. Honorable Chairperson, we wonder how many DA-led municipalities have reduced their debt to ESCOM since the party took over. Just to ask the question, insufficient to provide an answer. Honorable Chairperson, the partnership between ESCOM and municipality underpinned by resolutions to cycle outstanding terms of accelerating the energy efficiency and those demand side management grant program. This is the program initiated by the Department of Monitoring Energy Savings in higher intensive economic. Honorable Chairperson, as if now more than 200 municipalities in various provinces have participated in the energy efficiency and demand side management. And then financial year, the DMRE will include 52 municipalities that will participate in the program funded through the fiscals and complemented by donor funding. The importance of this program, Chairperson, is that it will allow it to avoid its power stations intensively to the extent that they are insufficiently maintained. In addition, Chairperson, this program will minimize the use of diesel-dependent open cycling gas turbines to meet the peak demand especially now that there is certainty over the supply crude oil as a result of the conflict between Russia and neighbor Ukraine. Honorable Chairperson, another energy savings initiative 
is introduction of an appropriate national legal and regulatory framework for disruptive technologies such as small-scale embedded generations, which of scaled up would limit the dependence on as concrete. And this redress the challenge of the electricity sector in the country, especially high electricity tariffs, as well as unreliable electricity supply. Before the amendment to the Electricity Regulations Act, small-scale embedded generations were popular in commercial and industrial sectors, Chairperson, as well as in wealthy households with installation less than one megawatt each or much lesser, Chairperson. However, the amendment to the Electricity Regulation Act offers a window of opportunity to increase the threshold for embedded uh, generation from one to 100 megawatts. This scale up of small scale embedded generations will increase investments in local manufacturing and skills development, especially in Gauteng and Western Cape province, where there is a large fraction of households and businesses that can afford the capital costs of purchasing solar photogenic system. In short, Chairperson, the market for small-scale embedded generation is potentially huge and employment could be created rapidly and it takes less than six months to train an employee in an installation services. As soon as Kusile and Metubi power station achieve operations up to expected operational levels, there will be a need to build a new coal mines to supply coal inputs to these newly built power stations. Honorable Chairperson, this new jobs opportunity will be created to improvement areas of Limpopo, Pumalanga provinces. Although the opposition party of Kusile and Mitupi power station, as well as new local mines new coal mines undermine the country's effort to reduce greenhouse emissions that contribute significantly to climate change. The LNC-led government, Chairperson, has shown commitment to investment in research and development to take advantage of the introduction of information and communication technology and the fourth industry revolution. Chairperson, in particular, the South African National Energy Development Institute has deployed its research capacity to the task of developing clean coal technologies to put in place measures to tackle emission in coal-fired power station and help the country achieve its commitment to this Paris Climate Agreement. Honorable Chairperson, furthermore, the DA may assert that great number of jobs in the agriculture and tourism sectors in Limpopo and Pumalanga province will be lost as a result of the invasion of mining activities and downstream 
degradation, degradation, while assessing about invasion mining activities and downstream the degradation have something in them. Evidence from reliable sources nullify this assertion, Chairperson. In other words, what the TA misses is that job losses in the agriculture and tourism sector will be compensated. I hope you are listening to me, Honorable Smith. Instead, interesting is to indicate that structural transformation in the form of a transition agriculture to the manufacturing and mining sector are labor absorptive and tend to reward workers handsomely relative to the agriculture and tourism sectors. Honorable Chairperson, this is primary because the companies in the manufacturing and mining sectors are unionized and tends in, it should not be surprisingly that they have a successful lobbying support. Of course, the building of Usidubi power stations suggests an obvious need to invest in the rail and water infrastructure. Honorable Chairperson, with regards to rail infrastructure, Transnet will partner with the sector to expand the rail network as well as the increase the number of locomotives. This is the step in the right direction in as so far as the ANC-led government chairperson efforts to shift bulk freight from road to rail is concerned. At the same time, the department is aware that he could and ESCOM power station, especially in Pumalanga, makes the utility South Africa's single largest one a customer. Honorable Chairperson, the building of the Gusile power and station and its projections for future cold cooking water requirements suggest new dams will be created more rapidly within Pumalanga. As I conclude, uh, Chairperson, uh, the ANC-led government, Chairperson, will invest in the Lesotho Water Highlands project to increase South Africa's share of bulk water supply. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has been able to perform under very difficult circumstances in annual performance plans are steering the energy sector in the direction of economic reconstruction and recovering plan. Therefore, honorable chairperson, we African National Congress, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, our next speaker is going to be honorable A. Brain. But as A, the brain uh, approaches the, the podium, uh, we will, I will now hand over the chairing to Honorable Nguenya. Honorable Nguenya. Thanks very much, Chair. You can come in, Honorable Debrain. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, the main purpose of this department's budget is to formulate policy and regulations to ensure that the necessary structural reforms occur to, to stimulate economic growth. 
Unfortunately, Jim, when it comes to ensuring economic growth, I fail to see how this department is living up to its mandate. On the contrary, with constant load shedding, there has an enormous impact on not only the mining industry, but also every business, big and small, I fail to see how economic growth is ensured. And not to mention the sky-high fuel prices that is constraining our economy even further. The ideal chair would have been to provide fuel at an affordable rate in South Africa to ensure that not only the mining and other industries, but also business in general can operate more cost-effectively to stimulate economic growth and job creation. But instead, government and the department hikes fuel prices with more than 10 rand per litre of fuel going towards taxes. And then the department blames the weak rand and oil prices, etc., for the high cost of fuel. Surely this is not policies and regulations ensuring economic growth. With regards to electricity, Chair, congratulations on connecting another 166,000 households to the grid and giving them access to electricity, as well as for the planned 640,000 households to follow. But Chair, government can't even supply the country with sustainable electricity at this stage. Where is the extra electricity going to come from for an additional 600,000 households? In his speech, the Honourable Minister stated, that no embedded generation facility with a capacity of more than 10 megawatts have been registered so far. And this begs the question, why? The department will have to ensure realistic policies, regulations and incentives to ensure the development of these facilities. And is this the case? The Honourable Minister also stated that ESCOM is the primary supplier of electricity and that all other projects are intended only to supplement ESCOM. This narrative, Honourable Minister, is the reason why load shedding will be a part of our day-to-day -day living for the foreseeable future. Because any fool knows by now that ESCOM has deteriorated into nothing more than a bottomless pit of corruption and failure under government of the ANC. It's now time for new solutions by independent stakeholders if we wish to see a sustainable supply of electricity in South Africa. Every person, company, stakeholder, that is willing and able to contribute to the generation of electricity should rather be embraced in this current situation instead of being altered by policies and red tape. All the other projects and developments that are planned for the future, from nuclear generation to natural gas and so forth and so on, are all good and well. But how are these projects going to be funded if and when the economy collapses under the result of load shedding? Voorzitter, denk aan die toekomst, maar werk in die hede so dat daar iets kan wees om te beleid in die toekomst. Zuid-Afrika is en blij steeds lang van potentiaal. Nie net is Zuid-Afrika mineraal reik nie, maar is ook reik aan entrepreneurs en denkers. En die volk wat bereid willig is om te streef na een beter land in die toekomst. Maar om dit te kan benut, voorzitter, sal hierdie departement ongelukkig eerst moet begin om te voldoen aan sy mandaat. Baie dankie. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Nanda. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chairperson. Good afternoon, Honorable Members. <clears throat> Around 276 BC, planet Earth was graced with the birth of a man in Libya an ancient Greek who will go on to become a revered mathematician, poet, astronomer, a music theorist, and arguably the founder of geography as you know it today. At about 240 BC, Eratosthenes, affectionately known as Pentath Pentathalos, 
told the world that planet was not flat as we see it, but was round. Skeptics of the time laughed him off and called for him to be confined to a psychiatric, to a psychiatric institution for examination because they believed he was either losing his mind or he was totally insane. We probably all know the story. Ultimately was vindicated and did planet Earth as we now know her is round. Honorable members, the subject of my speech today is not about the ancient Greeks. I'm pretty sure Honorable Michalakis would have been pleased. But again, it, it is not about mathematics or astrology or geography. The Eastern Cape wants to be known as a province of legends. Quite frankly, there is nothing legendary about the present state of affairs upon me. One of the key economic drivers and creators of, of employment in the province is tourism, which, which has drastically declined due to COVID-19 pandemic, resulting in an employment rate which now stands at 45% and is the highest rate in the country in all the nine provinces. For now, let's forget about all the tourism attraction sites the Eastern in the Eastern Cape, and let's talk about the Wild Coast. According to the travel guide, Wild Coast is a cool 250 long kilometer stretch of rugged unspoiled coastline that stretches from north of East London along sweeping bays, foot, footprint free beaches, lazy lagoons, and rocky headlands. Tourism South Africa adequately describes this jewel as an unspoiled natural treasure, which stands ready to receive visitors that can explore this renowned beauty either by foot, by four by four, or horseback, before embarking on fishing expeditions or snorkeling and diving outings. Honorable members, not so long ago, you will recall, it was the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, through its actions that divided the community of Colombia, split families apart, pitted blood brothers and sisters against one another, and led to the death of Bazuka Hadeb, the chairperson of Amadiba Crisis Committee, an organization that is campaigning against mining in Colombia. It boggles one's mind as to how it is possible for the Department of Mineral and Resources, Mineral Resources and Energy to once again commit such an unthoughtful act. In this instance, under your leadership, Minister Mandasha, and I dare say with your approval, your department granted shell rights to conduct exploration for fossil fuels on the Wild Coast coastline. Despite objections from the affected communities, activists, advocates, and evidence backed by scientific research that was highlighting the colossal risk of damage to the environment and its wildlife. Nonetheless, on 8 December 2021, Shell commenced with its seismic blasting in the wild coast. Scientific evidence arguing and advising against seismic blasting in the wild coast far outweighs that of those who are hell-bent on damaging, on damaging our environment driven by greed. Skeptics laughed off Eratosthenes and called him insane. As we now all know, 
it turned out he was right because he was an expert in his field. On the 28th of December, 2021, the High Court in Makanda stopped Shell in its tracks by granting an urgent interdict, stopping further seismic exploration by the oil and gas giant on the wild coast because Shell flouted the constitutional rights of affected indigenous communities. Honorable Minister, under your watch, your department has failed to protect the interests of those who put you in office. Your department has just like the skeptics that laughed off Eratosthenes. You ignored expert advice and you are not worthy to be the Minister of Mineral Resources and Energy. You may have survived a motion of no confidence in the National Assembly. Come 2024, you will not survive. I am pleased to note that the people of Wild Coast have refused to be divided and have stood united across color lines in, def in defense of this pristine coastline. We owe it to the generations to come. We must bequeath them a planet in a state we found it. Failure to do so, they will hold us in contempt. Uh, Honorable Deputy Minister Nkaban, I thought I was ignorant. When you came to the podium, I was asking colleagues and even your own colleagues, and none of some of them seem not to know you, seem not to recognize you. I thought before you could think of workshopping the DA, maybe you should start working on your profile as a Deputy Minister. Uh, secondly, Honorable Mudisa, Honorable Nyam always say, I mustn't play the ball. I mustn't play the man by the ball. I will just stop at saying, I'm sure this is, we, have, we have an off day and, and you're not feeling well. I struggled to understand what you were trying to say, but I'll give you benefit of doubt. Sure, Honorable, Honorable, Honorable Mbogo, it's worrisome that in your, in your presentation, you shied away from the issue that I've just raised of the Wild Coast. Now, Honorable Minister, Honorable Minister, in your, in your opening statements, you spoke of rising fuel price and other goods related to it. But remember what the DA cautioned the ANC, ANC government by not voting in the UN, condemning what Russia was doing to Ukraine. Now that chickens are coming home to roost, we are blaming everybody else. Everybody else except yourselves. The failure of the ANC not to vote against President Putin's actions in Ukraine actually emboldened and, and cheered on President Putin. We're in a state of disaster throughout the world, and the ANC has got to take responsibility. It is worrisome, it is worrisome Gwati, that your attitude against NGOs you tend to call them as anti-development. I would suggest to you, Mkulawa, you should rather embrace these NGOs because they will help They will help to keep your government and your department on your toes and not make mistakes that we have just nearly made in the wild coast. Mamu Bibi, you have dropped your standards terribly low. I heard you mentioning Municipalities that used to owe ESCOM 54 million, now they're, owing, now they're owing 30 million plus. Essentially, we are saying they have, they have paid about 40% of what they owed to ESCOM. With all due respect, Mama, 
that is a very, very, very low baseline. In the Western Cape, we, where we govern, municipalities pay ESCOM and they pay ESCOM on time. As you conclude, honorable member. And lastly, Mamupi, I heard you say evidence from reliable sources. You sound like an undercover journalist. As, as members of parliament, we don't expect people to come and tell us about reliable sources. Give us, give us your scientific research, give us the results, give us the evidence. Otherwise, you sound like an undercover journalist. It's probably a career that you might have to consider after you're done with politics. Thank you very much, Honorable Hausha. Thanks Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Hi, Suga. The next speaker is Honorable A.G. Nyambi. Thank you, uh, House Chairperson Mwenya. Uh, Uh, it looks like Honorable Nyambe got the problem of connectivity. Uh, we'll wait for him to come back, but he will continue. Deputy Chair, Mayor Lucas, Chief Whip, Honorable Mohai, Minister. House Chairperson, can you hear me? Uh, I, I hear you now. Okay, let me switch off the video so that uh, uh, the network can be okay. In Zanjalo, Sana, Skube. Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Minister Mantashe, uh, provincial delegates, fellow members, ladies and gentlemen. Let me take this opportunity to add my voice in conveying condolences to the family and colleagues of Dr. Namane Mahau, whose untimely passing has dented our efforts in the fight to stabilize our energy as a country. As a board member of the South African Nuclear Energy Corporation, NEXA, Dr. Namane Mahau gave it her all until the day that she died. Her talents and expertise will be sorely missed. And yet, let me be allowed to take this time to release his beautiful soul. May her beautiful soul rest in eternal peace. House Chairperson, the NC-led government has done what deemed politically impossible, as it reversed to a greater extent the racial nature of capitalism and the neo-colonialism of a special type that were inherited from the sadistic project of apartheid that Honorable Nana has forgotten about. However, there are forces that are still working against transformation and radical change. In particular. The apartheid regime's special planning undermines the government's efforts to reverse the division of South Africa into local and central states, which is responsible for horizontal inequality in the country, access to electricity, 
in the democratic South Africa is paralleled by high levels of poverty and socio-economic inequality. Under the apartheid regime, for instance, nearly all white households, including remote farms, enjoyed secure and reliable electricity connection. While few black township and informal settlement has access, the ANC government has introduced the integrated national electrification program to rectify this disparity. But overshadowing such a good initiative is none other than the legacy of the apartheid regime that Honorable Smith and Honorable Nana today you seem to forget about it, particularly spatial planning. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has transferred subsidies to ISCOM and over 135 municipalities in different provinces today to accelerate the rolling out of grid connection under the Integrated National Electrification Program in the current financial year. House Chairperson, however, the main challenge facing ISCOM and municipalities is that they are unable to complete the electrification program within the year of funding. And thus the speed of electrification has reduced thereby allowing the backlog of electrification to increase. One of the cited reasons for this is linked to apartheid spatial planning. To be more specific, a significant portion of the remaining household to be electrified are sparsely populated rural areas, mostly in KZN, Eastern Cape, and Limpopo. And the remainder is urban informal settlement, often densely packed shacks are unsafe to connect to the grid. In other words, the sparsely populated rural areas and informal shacks are located in the former Bantu stand territories set aside for black people under the 1913 Land Act of Nana, of which the DA and the Freedom Front Plus do not wish to tackle head on, as is the core engine of poverty and inequality in the country, as their presence in parliament follows a twin strategy. This is supporting a democratic dispensation while ensuring that there's continuity in white power and privilege. It's simple as that, Honorable Nana. Hopefully today you'll understand. Regardless of the few ailments such as apartheid spatial planning, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has come up with a new household strategy to assist ISCOM and municipalities to provide universal access to electricity in 2025 as outlined in the mid-term strategic framework. In this vein, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy will procure the services of professional service providers to conduct studies in five provinces, Gauteng, Eastern Cape, Mpumalanga, Limpopo, and Northwest, in the hope that these studies will vitalize to set rules and timeframes for electrification rollout as well as provide clear guidelines concerning which technologies to use in the electrification process. To be sure, these studies 
to be conducted in line with national development plan recommendation of a thorough review of targets, planning, and technology choices, funding and implementation regarding the national electrification and energy mix. In doing so, these studies will decrease the backlog of electrification. To complement this, six new substations will be built and nine substations upgraded to allow a smarter and nimbler connection to the grid in a sparsely populated rural areas and informal shacks. Alternatively, house chairperson, household in the sparsely populated areas and informal shacks will be connected to non-grid system, mainly solar home system electrification. What is unique about this solar home system is that it is not only limited to lightning and charging, but it will be extended to refiguration and it will be coupled with LPG gas in order to enable household electrify through non-grid connection to be able to cook. Non-grid connection are in line with the National Development Plan as a plan indicates that this alternative should be applicable to households for whom grid connection are either costly or impractical. More importantly, 15,000 households connected through the solar home system will be targeted in the current financial year. Interestingly, the professional, the professional service providers will be appointed to monitor and evaluate the solar home system installation to ensure that they are completed on time and are installed according to specification. The significance of the solar home system is not limited only to tackling the racial segregation by increasing the number of households with access to electricity, but will also minimize the burden of high electricity tariffs and impoverished households, but are often resort to sources of energy such as wood, kettle dung, paraffin, etc. These contribute to carbon emission, which is harmful to the environment. House Chairperson, it is worth noting that the success in electricity is not reflective of affordability, given that many households cannot afford to the electricity to which they are connected. The amendment to the electricity pricing policy is designed specifically to address the issue of non-affordability, Honorable Smith. This is because electricity revenue and only financial survival are closely linked in metropolitan municipalities. For instance, the DA-run metropolitan municipalities like the city of Swan and Johannesburg in Gauteng province, as well as the city of Cape Town in the Western Cape, are more dependent on electricity as a source of revenue, thereby suggesting that these municipalities increase the commodification of basic public goods such as electricity and water. In the context of these metropolitan municipalities, the commodification of basic public goods entrenches municipal racism intended to crowd out instead of crowding in the majority of black people living in township and informal settlements. Moreover, the DA-run metropolitan municipalities are heavily exposed to illegal electricity connection as a result of using electricity tariffs to generate super profits and ISCOM estimate that illegal electricity connection 
cost the country almost 20 billion per year. If the DA runs the last, the best municipalities, as you want us to believe, Honorable Smith, in the country, as they, all of you always, most of the time, claim, then the reality is indeed stranger than fiction. Honorable Nana, I'm surprised today that as somebody who was once a member of our glorious movement, you don't understand why we call Eastern Cape home of legends. You don't know that me and you are here today because it's not a disputed fact that Eastern Cape has produced a lot of leaders that fought for the democracy we are enjoying today. And today you have forgotten why Eastern wow. Cape is home of legend. What a, what a shame, my friend. Honorable Smith and Honorable Nana, all the times we are teaching you, we are not discussing Honorable Mutuati, the minister or the deputy minister. We are discussing the budget. That is why we are teaching you that play the ball, not the man. But you said that and you contradict yourself. We are not playing the ball. We are playing the man. We are playing the woman. What a shame, my friend. Honorable Smith, the list said wow. about your attack, the better. You don't understand what our glorious movement stands for. ANC is for a non-racial, non-sexist, democratic, and prosperous society. And that's what we believed in. And that's what we'll always fight for. And that's what we'll always advocate. And once we discuss a budget vote, we're not discussing a minister. We're discussing a budget vote 34. And when we support it as ANC, we're not supporting it because it's an ANC minister, but we're supporting it because it's addressing challenges facing the people we represent in different provinces. Honorable Nana, you represent Eastern Cape, not Western Cape, for your information. Why yeah, are you me. undermining what yeah, Eastern wow, Cape stands wow. for? The very same province that sent you to this house to come and represent them, and you fail to represent them. Honorable Mandashe, whenever we call the department and the department is coming to present at the committee level, we always raise critical questions. We are always robust. We are always focused. But one thing for sure, we don't play the man. We play the ball. Don't make a mistake because you don't know the deputy yes. minister and you don't know the leadership and you claim she must deal with her profile. What a shame. And worse, somebody who's committed. This is Dr. Nkabane, a deputy minister of mineral and energy. What uh -huh. we, are, we, are, we are singing for your dinner. I am... We are singing for your dinner, Charlie. The same way, not the same. Lama Sela. Enjoy when we are discussing, because we never disrupted you. Honorable Nana. As ANC, we support this budget vote. And we're not supporting it because it's ANC, as I indicated. But we're supporting it because it's dealing with the issues that are affecting our people, people on the ground. And it's dealing with what is happening in our respective provinces that we represent. Honestly, Honorable Smith, must we come here to teach you how to debate a budget vote after so many years being an MP and towards the end of the term because you fail to grasp and understand what is being presented by the minister 
even if they prepared a speech for you, give yourself yes, some time. To Almost all what you raised was addressed <laughs> by the minister and the deputy. The Department of Mineral Resources and Energy will continue to implement imported programs in the manner that represents the interest of the majority of South Africans. As ANC, we definitely support this budget vote. Thank you, House Chairperson. Very much, Honorable Member. Order. Order, Honorable Members. Honorable Members, the next speaker is a Minister of Mineral Resource and Energy, Honorable uh, S.G. Mantashe. Honorable Mantashe. Samson. Honorable Minister. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members. Uh, we welcome, welcome all the comments. We're quite happy with the comments that enriched the debate. Uh, we were quite comfortable with that. But I want to start off by explaining that Honorable Smith is not expected in the Tule House. I would imagine that he is expected in Tepa or Skin House in Cape Town. So he must not confuse his side office with the inside office. The, 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 the question of ESCOM having enough energy, again, is another interpretation of lack of understanding. When we say an electricity rating institution has this amount connected and is operating at a different level. And we say that gap reflects sub-optimal performance of that institution. That's what it is. Uh, I'm not sticking to coal. Coal is a reality. 75% of our electricity come from coal. That's the reality of the matter. All we are saying is that until you go to, to Belfast, to Delmas, and understand the coal fields, you will not understand the question of being cautious and be systematic and ensure that just transition is just, it includes justice, it includes people, and it includes communities. It is not numbers. The, the, the nuclear energy, you know, Europe has declared nuclear and gas uh, as part of the green transition. I'm sure now that our bosses from Europe are saying so, will follow the suit. Uh, Britain is, is building seven reactors currently uh, because they have accepted the message that nuclear and gas are part of the green energy. War uh, in, in, in Russia and Ukraine is not about supporting Russia. Our stance and remains correct is that we need to work for peace. There is no war that leads to development. And therefore, uh, that's where we are. I'm not going to get to Honorable uh, Arnold because he wants the, 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 this department to take responsibility for state-owned enterprises, which is a department. He wants us to take responsibility 
for environmental regulation, which is a department. He wants us to, to, to take responsibility for labor relations, which is another ministry. But we understand him. And he complains about exploitation, reflecting that he doesn't have a sense of how capitalism works. If there is capitalism, uh, capitalism is about exploiting, about creating value out of people. Baunana, Mkai. Rubble Nana. The Eastern Cape. The Eastern I'm here, Cape Minister. Needs development, not less thereof. Uh, if we want to be an island of angels in a sea of poverty, that is the choice you are making. Eastern Cape needs development urgently. Uh, and in the interest of the interest, therefore, there is development. Now, the, the, the issue of seismic surveys, and you call them blasting because you have been told so. You have not taken the time to understand it scientifically, how seismic surveys work. There's no blasting there. It's, it's, it's air that is used there. The, the question of, uh, therefore, an unspoiled wild coast, but take a time as I do, go to that coast during the peak hours. You will see who are actually going to those uh, areas. Uh, I went to Mogi Mouth one time when there was no place to sleep in and I went there. I was the only black uh, uh, client of the institution, precisely because what you call reservation, you, and you call people singing for their supper, you are singing for your supper because you protect your bosses at the expense of the province. I think you should desist from that. Uh, thank you very much to everybody. I want to thank you uh, chairperson of the House. I'm happy. We'll take all the comments. Uh, Mr. Smith talked to Mr. Mailer. When we meet, he has asked for us to meet, which I will honor. Ask him to bring you along so that we we'll take you through the basics of lessons of energy, which is a science. It's not something that you wish for. Uh, you stick to coal. It is reality. It is there. So it's, it, it, it's a science that we must adhere to, and that must guide us. Thank you very much. Thanks hey. very much. And all our members, that the debate. I, I wish to thank the minister and the deputy minister of the mineral resource and energy for availing themselves for the debate. Honorable members, we will now proceed to the second order of the policy debate on budget vote 36, small business development appropriation bill uh, B7-2022 National Assembly uh, section 77. And I now call upon the Honorable S.T. Ndabeni Abrams, Minister of Small Business Development to open the debate. Again, Atwana. Oh, Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson. Deputy Ministers, Dumongbongeni Mwagazamene, Chairperson and members of the Select Committee, 
honorable members of the NCOP, board members of CIFA and CIDA and CBDA, senior managers of, from the department and the entities, entrepreneurs from the sector and other businesses that are here. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Two weeks ago, we tabled our budget policy speech at the, at the National Assembly, indicating our intentions to improve the state of the SMME sector and specific interventions that we are to make towards the end. We further indicated how we have allocated the budget of the department and the various initiatives we intend to finance. We are here yet again to share with the NCOP how we have performed in the past period and our intentions for the coming financial year. More specifically, it is our intention to elaborate on specific work we are doing in the various provinces before we get to the provincial specifics. Honorable Chair, it would help to briefly recap on what we said in the National Assembly. This will assist in setting the context for what I am to present later. Honorable members, the budget vote we are tabling here as the department contains programs and services drawn from progressive policies that the ANC received as per the mandate received from the people of our country. Small businesses might be small in size and turnover, but they are not small in injecting jobs in our economy and sustaining the livelihood of our people. While we are in times of hardship, we have a responsibility to use policy instruments like business grants and loans that are offered by many government institutions to bring joy and hope to the people of our beautiful country. President Ramaphosa announced several measures in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan to bring such hope and to place our economy on a path of economic recovery to replace the 2 million jobs lost because of COVID-19 pandemic. The president was very clear. Government has prioritized SMMEs and cooperatives on the basis that these are the businesses that create the most jobs and provide the most opportunities for poor people to earn a living. All stakeholders must pitch in as part of the new social compact for jobs, growth and transformation. We must leave no one behind. In the spirit of social compacting, as the portfolio, we met different stakeholders, SMMEs and cooperatives across the width and breadth of our beautiful country over the past few months. We undertook roadshows across the provinces, engaging with those at the coalface to hear their concerns and issues. To date, honorable members, we have covered eight out of the nine provinces. We opened our door to meet with strategic stakeholders, including the community constituency network, international and local development partners, large corporates in the banking, mining, agricultural, manufacturing, retail, telecoms, and digital sectors, representative business structures, relevant ministries, departments, and entities, and our counterparts at provincial and local level. In all these meetings, we ask three questions. Are our policies and instruments working for SMMEs and cooperatives? What can we do better? How do we work together to achieve greater scale and impact? And honorable members, 
this is what we have found. Firstly, we need to urgently make it easier for SMMEs and cooperatives to do business. The regulatory burden on SMMEs is real and we need to reduce red tape. Secondly, we need to do more to open markets to SMMEs. Everywhere, small business owners are complaining about being squeezed out of markets by large players. This is what the Competition Commission has characterized as over-concentration in our economy. Thirdly, SMMEs and cooperatives are battling to obtain credit from banks. This has been especially disastrous for SMMEs hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic, by the July 2021 unrest, and by climate change disasters like the recent floods in KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape. Fourthly, our own reach and accessibility as the DSPG portfolio was questioned, especially in townships and impoverished rural areas. We must address this to have more impact. Fifthly, government is not working as one joined up force to support SMMEs and cooperatives. The district development model is directing us towards working as one, and we must do more to make this work. Lastly, honorable members, and which augurs well for the broader social compact, there is huge appetite and goodwill among a wide range of SMME stakeholders to partner with us and our entities. This will ensure that the public funds voted to the department will liberate significant additional resources and capacity from our strategic partners. We have also drawn from the collective wisdom and feedback of the DSPD Portfolio Committee and the Select Committee, which has helped shape our strategic focus and priorities for 2022-23. And I remember this approach of mobilizing strategic partnerships across the entire small enterprise ecosystem is directly aligned to our National Integrated Small Enterprise Development Master Plan which has recently been gazetted for public comments. We invite all stakeholders to contribute. Chairperson, for the year ahead, we've anchored our programs around five themes. The first one is to enable the startup and development of SMMEs and cooperatives through red tape reduction and enabling legislation. The second one is market development and market access. The third is access to business development services and support infrastructure. The fourth one is access to finance. And the last one is institutional strengthening and gearing because as the coordinating department, we ought to make sure that our capability is able to match our capacity and the challenges that we are faced with. The details of what we are doing on each of these are spelled out in our National Assembly speech document. Honorable Chair, let me now turn to some of the programs we are implementing in the various provinces. On the DDM, the department together with the agencies has made great strides in implementing it across the country. We are currently on a countrywide product and programs awareness campaign for SMMEs and cooperatives. Our theme is unlocking opportunities for SMMEs and cooperatives for economic growth and job creation. We have covered the following districts out of the eight provinces that I mentioned earlier. In Bumalanga, we've been to Ngangala, Kharsibande, and the Tanzanian District Municipality. In Eastern Cape, 
We've been to Nelson Mandela Bay, Joe Gabi, and Owar Tambo District Municipality. In the first stage, we've been to Tabo Mufusanyana, Lijuali Putwa, and Mangawe. In Gauteng, we've been to Sedibeng and West Rand. In the Northern Cape, we did Namakwa, Pixlika Seme, and Francis Bart. In the Western Cape, we did Mosel Bay and the city of Cape Town. Northwest, we did Bujanala Platinum, Dr. Ruth Sikumozi, and Dr. Kenneth Kaunda. In Limpombo, we did Capricorn and Puluwan. The voices of SMMEs and cooperatives loudly indicated that we need to make it easier for small businesses to do business by attending to all the red tapes, as I mentioned earlier. On a positive note, concerning DDM, several small businesses in various districts have continued to benefit from the support programs offered by our department and the agencies, such as the Township and Rural Entrepreneur Program, commonly known as TRAP, and the Informal and Micro Enterprise Development Program, commonly known as IMEDP, which are specifically designed to advance the DDM model. On TRAP, we initiated a response to the agency of the need to roll out appropriate support to SMMEs in the townships and rural areas. Qualifying small enterprises are provided with financial and non-financial support in order to help them to acquire business equipment, tools and machinery, as well as development services with a view to increase their capacity to access economic opportunities and enhance their competitiveness. The department has allocated 2.8 billion over the medium term to township and rural enterprises, including blended finance initiatives. A total of 371 million rents, 710,849 rents was approved through this program in the last financial year. The provincial breakdown you will get on the speech in the Eastern Cape, we supported 102 SMMEs, Free State 119, in Gauteng 252, in KZN 314, in Limpompo 390, in Pumalanga 150, in Northwest 130, Northern Cape 234, and Western Cape 229. All of these good stories to tell include that of Siba and Tutuse Pty Ltd, which is a 100% Black female-owned business, which was established in 2017. The business falls within the clothing and textile sector. The company has done work for local SMMEs and has received an order for 50,000 cloth face masks, masks from the Department of Health in Guazulu Natal. Sifa, through the TREP program, approved funding of 110 million rents. The funds were utilized towards purchasing of equipment and working capital. Through the funding, 10 jobs were maintained. Azania Exclusive Collections, PTY LTD, is a manufacturer of African traditional clothing specializing in traditional textile as well as accessories like scarves, bags, and others. Again, this is 100% female-owned business. I move to person to say this financial year, we will scale up this program and we are allocating 953 million rents to it. On informal and micro-enterprise development program, as the country emerges from the pandemic, the informal township economy will play a key role in tackling the unemployment crisis. As we gradually seek to revive and rebuild the economy, it is vital to have a clear picture 
of how these businesses are coping and assist them to stay afloat. Our department in partnership with CEDA and local municipalities provide tools and equipment to these businesses. We offer 100% grants to informal businesses. The focus of course is on designated groups, your women, youth and persons with disabilities. In this program, we strive to accelerate the growth of informal and micro enterprises by improving their competitiveness and sustainability to become formal businesses in the mainstream economy. On small enterprise manufacturing support program. And here, honorable members, we're looking at building a manufacturing sector for an improved industrial base through a focused import replacement program and build the industrial base for both the domestic market and external market. The financial support provided through this program is up to 15 million rents per entity as of 31st March 2022, since the program started approving transactions on 18 September 2020, 389.8 million was disbursed to 53 SMEs. Through this program, once more, Diabella, an organization manufacturing MaxiPads made from wood fluff pulp, which is safe and great for absorption in the cell, is in the shelves of Discamp. The mission is to build and empower girls to become active and productive citizens. Some of the Discamp stores where this product can be found include Val Mall, Westgate, Southgate, Soshanguve Crossing, Lakeside Mall, Mabonya Mall, Tembisa Mall, Renbeck Square, and many other reputable malls. We appeal to all of you to please support the small business. A budget of 295 million has been set aside for this year. On business infrastructure support program, we have developed a shared economic infrastructure facility to support the municipalities, national government, provincial government, private sector, cooperatives, and SMMEs through a co-funding for the establishment of shared infrastructure facilities. These facilities will either be a refurbishment of dilapidated buildings or construction of a new structure, building or a containerized structure model that will benefit SMMEs, informal sector and cooperatives. These shared facilities can be used for production purposes and access to market by displaying their products or their produce to the market. We have approved and supported five projects in this financial year, uh, the 2021-2022, with an accumulative amount of 55,923,000. The approved projects estimate job creation of more than 5,000 supporting emerging farmers, cooperatives, and informal businesses. The following projects have been approved through this facility. In the Eastern Cape at Krizani District Municipality, a fresh produce pet house, fertilizer blending plant, and renovation of two buildings for a fresh market with 20 million rents. The applicant, of course, is Krizani Cooperative Development Center in partnership with DDA. The second one, of course, as we're looking at it, is in KZN in Bagville at Okotamba Municipality for an SMME light industrial park supporting them with a production facility for various sectors with a budget of 10 million rents, 886,000 rents. The project will benefit more than 20 SMMEs, including informal businesses. The next province is the Free State in Mangawong, supporting SMMEs in different sectors, 
Again, this is the containerized structure program uh, in the Freedom Square market. It is supported by our department, the Department of Tourism and Environmental Affairs and Lizazi with a budget of 6 million. Lizazi is an, is an energy and power producing entity on our members. We also call upon the private sector through their enterprise and supplier development program, which is 3% allocation as per the triple BEE legislation to support government initiatives. Because if we are working together, we can achieve more and recognize meaningful impact in the SMME sector. And that will lead to an economy that is transformed. In terms of empowering women-owned businesses, the department has launched the Street Trade Zaha, wherein we managed to register about 2,500 businesses. And indeed, these are the businesses that have been taken outside South Africa to the continent and the globe in order for them to enjoy the network opportunities and therefore creating a market for them. At the center of the work that we are doing in order to address the industrialization and localization of the projects that we're talking about is the establishment of incubation and digital hubs. To date, we have 110 incubation centers that we have established, which include 22 centers for entrepreneurship and rapid incubation in TVET colleges and universities, including approval of an additional four centers at the University of Johannesburg, the Soweto campus, Rose University in Makanda campus, Nelson Mandela University in the Gadeja campus, and the University of Venda in the Tohoyando campus. Some of these TVET colleges include those at the Northern Cape Rural TVET in DR and Katu campuses. Maluti TVET College, Puraditaba campus, West Coast Tivet College at the Fredendal campus and the new SIED Tivet College in Umzimkulu campus. This, honorable members, will help us sustain 86,000 jobs with SMME ecosystem partners. Some of those include the ones that are in Amatole District Municipality, Eguruleni, King Pejuayo District, Etegwini, Owartambo, Herigwala, and Ehlanzeni District Municipality. Again, we're calling for more partners in order to make sure that we can beef up the capability and be able to bring these incubators once they graduate from the program to a market that will help South Africa go back to its industrial status. On policy and legislation, we are busy, of course, in terms of the amendments that we spoke about through President Ramaphosa in his State of the Nation address. And we will make sure that the SMMEs and cooperative funding policy finds expression in order to deal with a gap that is estimated to be 346 billion rands in order for the SMMEs to catch up and deliver what is committed to in the National Development Plan, the 9 million jobs out of the 11 million jobs as the NTP directors. We need more funding. 2 billion is just a tiny drop in the ocean. We have commenced uh, with consultations uh, around various stakeholders, including development finance institutions, the Banking Association of South Africa, the World Bank, business chambers, organizations. Yes, you conclude. And of course, we've just, as I mentioned, Honorable Chair, we are amending the National Small Enterprise uh, Amendment Bill. I present to you our budget as indicated earlier, that is 2.8 billion 
and 85% of that goes to our programs. Chairperson, allow me to thank yourself, the Deputy Minister, the Director General, and the officials of our department for the support that they continue to provide to us in the ministry. And of course, our commitment to the SMMEs of our country. We dare not fail, and it is our responsibility to leave no one behind. I thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, uh, Minister. Uh, honorable members, the next speaker is Chairperson Select Committee, Trade and Industry Econo Economic Development, Small Business Development, Tourism, Employment, and Labor, Honorable M.I. Hai. Uh, thank you very much, uh, House Chairperson. Uh, greetings to the Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces. Uh, Deputy Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Chief Whip, uh, House Chairperson for Committees, um, Minister and Deputy Minister, uh, MECs, uh, Permanent and Special Delegates, um, Representative of uh, SALGA, Mr. DeVos. Uh, the past two years has uh, placed a heavy toll on millions of uh, people in South Africa and the world. The ones who have endured the most pain are the working class, the poor, and those who run small enterprises. Uh, advocate, assist me. I don't know whether it's my side or is his side, but I can't hear him. Just tap your laptop twice on the right hand side. It will improve, Jay. Nice one if we were in the chamber. Honorable Hayes looks like he, uh, the network he is bad on his side. Honorable members will continue with our list. Maybe uh, he's going to come back later. We are going to continue, honorable members. The next speaker is Honorable Mvoko, Eastern Cape, MEC Finance, in English, Economic. Development, Environment, Affairs, and uh, Tourism. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, and greetings to you. I'm back, Chair. Oh, okay. Okay. Babum Voko, asim tete, lege rangani nga pindim la se foot. Gena pramil. Okay, no thanks, Chair. I had uh, just had a load setting, so I was connecting on the Wi-Fi, so I had to hotspot now. Um, I don't know if I should start from the beginning. Uh, I was saying that the, the past two years have placed a heavy toll on millions of, South Af of people in South Africa and the whole world. The ones who have endured the most pain are the working class, the poor, and those who run small enterprises. We, had, we have had to deal with the human cost and catastrophic economic impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. As if this was not enough, almost a year ago, social unrest broke out in KwaZulu-Natal 
and Gauteng, followed by devastating floods earlier uh, this year that affected mostly KZN, Eastern Cape, and Northwest. While we were beginning to see signs of economic recovery taking place, especially since vaccines have been rolled out, the world has been dealt another blow as a result of rising oil, energy, and food prices towards the end of last year and the explosion of these prices after the war. After the war in Ukraine started February this year, Add to that, the fact that COVID-19 is still infecting over 3,000 people a day. We thank God that uh, the numbers are now dropping. And ESCOM still has not found a sustainable solution to its electricity generation shortfall. And you realize that our economy recovery is likely to be long and hard. The dump rates of war, uh, the drum beats of war are sounding louder and louder by the day. Now it appears that the warmongering NATO, the US-led alliance, has moved to the east to stroke fires of instability and war in that part of the world. There's further plunging the global economy into a sea of uncertainty and panic. The hashtag World War III has started trending again. As the World Economic Forum that is being held in person for the first time since 2020 opened in Davos yesterday. The IMF said the economy faces perhaps its biggest test since the Second World War. The IMF Managing Director, Kristalia Georgievia, said that we face a potential confluence of calamities. Rising interest rates are adding to pressure on countries, companies, and households with big piles of debt. Market turbulence, ongoing supply chain constraints also pose a risk. And then there's climate change. The scale of economic challenge was underscored by a new report from OECD showing that combined GDP of the G7, while the largest industrialized economy in the world, shrank by 0.1% in the first quarter of this year, compared with the previous three-month period. Fears of global recession with huge implication for global stability are real and even IMF is calling for government officials and business leaders meeting in Davos to discuss drastic measures to stabilize global economic growth, such as lowering trade barriers, amongst others. On the budget vote 36, budget vote 36 of small business development seeks to promote the development of small businesses and cooperative enterprises. Its ultimate objective is to contribute to inclusive economic growth and job creation in South Africa. Honorable House Chair, I'm sure we all remember that the most intensely debated points made by the President in this year's State of the Nation address was his affirmation that the private sector has a large responsibility to drive job creation. This sector provides hope that the unemployment rate, which is the highest in the decades, of at, at 46.6% will be addressed. The president, the president reminded us that about 80% of employment employed people in South Africa are employed in the private sector. The test for government in this year and in the medium term will be how it creates conditions that enable small businesses and cooperatives to emerge 
to grow, to access new markets, to create new products, and to employ more people. Our entrepreneurs must be given the necessary regulatory, financial, and other support to unleash their creativity and ingenuity to participate in the economic life of the country. The president set out in SONA 2022 five key priorities for government, namely one, overcoming COVID-19 pandemic, two, a massive rollout of infrastructure, three, a substantial increase in local production, four, an employment stimulus to create jobs and support livelihoods, and five, the rapid expansion of our energy generation capacity. All these priorities have implications for small businesses and cooperatives. Welcome the increase in expenditure of the Department of uh, of the Department at an average annual rate of 0.6% from 2.6 billion in 2021-2022 to 2.7 in uh, 2024-25. However, considering the scale of the challenges in our national economy and the globe, this increase is by no means enough. I also wish to express uh, concern that the budget cuts to see the funding in light of the rising unemployment. Having looked at the annual performance plans and budget of the department and its two entities uh, for 2022-2023, we must welcome the progress made towards the finalization of the Creative Industries Master Plan pending referral of the National Integrated Small Enterprise Development Master Plan to Cabinet for approval. The finalization and the implementation of the SMME Forecast Localization Policy Framework and Township and Rural Entrepreneurship Program. This set the foundation for achieving the vision set out by the President, a vision of a thriving small business and cooperative sector supported effectively with various funding schemes and government regulation. Must also welcome the reintroduction of the Small Business Advisory Council, as well as the measures targeted at cutting the red tape. In this regard, we must support the appointment of Mr. Siponkosi, a seasoned business expert, to assist our government to eliminate red tape that stifles small business growth. We also welcome uh, the minister's uh, commitment uh, to the to tabling the a single bill or a legislative at, uh, amendment for consideration by parliament we note and welcome the progress with regard to the national small enterprise amendment bill which is intended to amend the, the national small enterprises act we believe that the achievement of the department's objective and fulfillment of its mandate will be greatly enhanced by the successful completion of the National Small Enterprise Amendment Bill. For example, the amalgamation of the CFA, CEDA, and CBDA must be underpinned by an act of parliament. Likewise, the establishment of the Small Enterprise Office is exclusively reliant on the bill. The organizational structure and the definition of SMMEs are all linked with the amendments of the bill. According to the National Treasury, an amount of 416 million rand has been ring fenced over the MTF period to establish a small enterprise ombud service. Review the Business Act, review the definition of the SMMEs, 
and finalize amendments to the National Small Enterprise Act. This is a step in the right direction. In light of the unfortunate tensions and incidents of violence between local and foreign-owned businesses, it is commendable that their ongoing intervention aim at bringing policy certainty for township and rural enterprises. This needs to be addressed by a legislative and policy framework. Legislation that ensures sustainability and continuity that they are safeguarded. In this regard, we wish to extend congratulations to the Gauteng legislatures for signing into law the Township Economic Development Bill. I also wish to congratulate the City of Johannesburg Council for adopting its informal trading policy. We wish to call again uh, to the department to finalize its organizational structure and ensure the filling of critical senior posts is given priority. We have also observed in most of our constituencies that many cooperatives are struggling to access funding or comply with CIFA requirements. I'd like to see the department playing its leading role in the development of cooperatives. We also believe that the cooperative development support program should include a performance lean incentive scheme. The extension of the reach of the department, particularly to support enterprises in township and in rural areas is welcome. We have called before, uh, we, should, we would like to see the department again tabling uh, the legislation so that we can facilitate the rapid transformation of many sectors of the economy to emerging entrepreneurs. Today, House Chairperson, the department is presenting a budget and spending plans mindful of what needs to be done as articulated in the economic reconstruction and recovery plan and complemented by the reimagined industrial strategy. The current spending plans of the department further recognize the risks that SMMEs and cooperatives have to navigate under the current domestic and global economic situation. The spending plans also take into consideration the opportunities presented by the African continental free trade areas for SMEs, including women, youth, persons with disability owned small businesses. Over the medium term, the department is anticipated to spend approximately 7.8 billion to help SMEs and cooperatives to grow. The spending priorities include the support of informal enterprises, urban and rural small businesses. Young people, women, and persons with disabilities own SMMEs and cooperatives would receive targeted development interventions. Government through the department will continue to support small businesses to grow and create jobs. The Small Enterprise Finance Agency, CIFA, will implement the Township and Rural Entrepreneurship Fund. This initiative is expected to cost closely to 2.9 billion rents over the medium term. Over the medium term, the department is anticipated to spend approximately 882.1 million rand through blended finance facility to bolster growth of SMMEs. Honorable House Chairperson, government knows that this investment is not enough, hence partnership between government and private sector will be cemented. Government, will leverage, government will leverage the public 
the current public funding and financing facilities to crowd in uh, private sector uh, finances. We support the uh, budget votes, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you so much of small business. Thanks very much, uh, Chair. Um, the next speaker is uh, Honorable M. Mvoko, Eastern Cape MEC, Finance, Economic Development and Environment Affairs and Tourism. Honorable Mvoko. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair, and greetings to the chairperson of the NCOP, the Deputy Chairperson, the Minister for Small Business Development, Honorable Stellan Davini Abrams, the Deputy Minister, Honorable Lamini, Honorable members of this August House, ladies and gentlemen, greetings to you all. Honorable House Chair, on behalf of the Eastern Cape, I first wish to welcome the budget vote for the Department of Small Business and Development as delivered um, by Minister Ndaben Abrams. Their strategic focus areas for this financial year speak to and seek to address the real challenges that are facing small business especially in our province, in provinces such as ours. At a time when the economy is struggling to support our demands, where unemployment rate is high and business confidence is low, it is correct that the government of the ANC uses its policy instruments to support small businesses. Small enterprises are the cornerstone of any economy. They contribute to local economy by bringing growth and innovation to the community in which businesses are established. They help stimulate economic growth by providing job opportunities, thereby relieving government of such a burden. It is therefore our responsibility as government to create such a conducive environment by investing financial and non-financial support to small businesses to thrive. Honorable members, Eastern Cape is one of the six provinces that the minister and her department visited to conduct the roadshows. We joined them as they conducted these roadshows in Nelson Mandela Metro, in Chokabi and OR Tambo districts, as they met with SMMEs, cooperatives and other stakeholders to listen to their cries, but also to find sustainable solutions to their challenges. It is for this reason that we welcome their strategic areas of focus as reflected on the minister's budget vote uh, speech for 2022-23, as we believe they are responding to issues raised during the said roadshows. We therefore support your initiative to reduce the red tape in an effort to create an enabling environment for small enterprises to do business. The success of this initiative will come a great deal, especially for a rural province such as the Eastern Cape, where business people who reside in the far-flung areas struggle to access government support because of cost that is associated with red tape. Honorable members, the Eastern Cape has identified township and rural economy as one of its high-impact projects to drive for this financial year moving forward. We have in this case developed a green paper on township and rural economy, which is used to consult various stakeholders to consolidate inputs on drafting the policy document that will guide the implementation of the programs on township and rural economy in the province. The department will concurrently develop a township and rural economy bill that will be gazetted and published for comments by, by public um, and, and stakeholders during the 2022-23 financial year. The interventions planned 
and aligned to national departments' initiatives and have been structured in a manner that will address the gaps experienced in the current SPASA schemes as well as focus on key initiatives that will unlock the potential of informal economy to grow and develop as part of the endeavors for creating an inclusive economy. The implementation of these interventions will be done in partnership with various stakeholders. Honorable House Chair, we are delighted to note that the Minister has identified the Eastern Cape as one of the provinces that will benefit over 200 million rand from the 2 billion rand that has been earmarked for small businesses across the country to access funding. With the budget cuts that we're experiencing, which makes it difficult for us to provide sufficient support to businesses, this funding will reinforce our efforts in ensuring that there is adequate support to grow small businesses. Well, however, not folding our arms as the Eastern Cape province, albeit the mega equitable share, for this financial year, we have allocated 25.8 million rand for the Job Stimulus Fund in keeping existing businesses in operation to create jobs. We've also allocated 32 million rand to expand SME support to loans recapitalization. The Department of Economic Development, Environmental Affairs and Tourism in the province has also supported 27 cooperatives in the last financial year to a tune of over 13 million rand where 153 jobs were created. We're also utilizing the local and regional economic development fund instrument to provide financial support in the local and regional economies. This financial support is implemented in the form of a grant to legally registered enterprises meeting the requirements of the department. The Eldred Fund provides an enabling environment for SMEs to thrive and enable them to create employment for the locals. The department will continue to provide this support, collaborating with the three spheres of government and the private sector to ensure shared resources and reducing high indebtedness for those seeking loan support from other funders. An amount of 19 million rand is allocated in the 2022-23 financial year. Chairperson, I wish to reiterate that we remain firm in our resolve to develop SME sector and the informal sector. Going forward, we aim to use our flagship project, Township and Rural Economy, to transform business setting in our township and rural areas. And we are hopeful that the Department of Small Business Development's Township and Rural Entrepreneurship Program will complement the work we're doing on the ground. At a policy level, we need a more coherent approach that will mobilize all sector departments across all spheres of government to collaborate and share resources in a more effective manner through joint planning and resource utilization. The Eastern Cape, needs to have complementary programs at local level to change the fortunes of the local enterprises for the better and thereby achieve our ultimate goal of building a self-reliant and vibrant economy in our townships and rural areas. The Eastern Cape once again welcomes and supports the budget vote for the Department of Small Business Development for 2022-23 financial year. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thanks very much, honorable member. Uh, the next speaker. The next speaker uh, is honorable JJ Lotz, a Democratic Alliance. Honorable member. Thank you. Honorable Lord. I am speaking as, can you, here we go. Um, colleagues, when this department was established in 2014, it was touted as a turning point 
for SMMEs in South Africa. Although there were critics, there were also a sense that maybe, just maybe, this could indeed work. Maybe it would help tackle the rising unemployment. Maybe it would help address an economy that is going in the wrong direction. And maybe it would help navigate, or even better, it would cut down on the maze of red tape faced by entrepreneurs and business owners willing to risk it all to look after their families and those they employ. Unfortunately, as we look back, and with the most recent reports tabled before the Select Committee, it is only the most disingenuous that can say that this department has lived up to any of the expectations. Ever since the inception of this department, we've had excuses upon excuses as to why targets are not being met, why budgets are being underspent, and basically the objective of this department, that of supporting SMMEs, are not being fulfilled. It is heartbreaking to realize that, colleagues, you do not see and hear the, the despair of South Africans, but in particular, those that you are entrusted to help, the SMMEs to survive, the SMMEs to flourish and to contribute to our success as a country. South Africa has one of the highest failure rates for startups and entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs due in part to the stranglehold that regulatory burdens and red tape have on entrepreneurs and small businesses. Small businesses continue to struggle to operate in a highly inflexible and rigid, rigid regulatory environment. This was exasperated by further red tape with the application for COVID-19 relief funding. It shouldn't therefore be surprising that there was such a low uptake of this. During the select committee, uh, meeting, the Honorable Dangor echoed my sentiments and concerns about the impact that this department has in real terms. Honorable Minister, this should be a wake-up call for you, that across party lines, we are concerned about the impact that this department has. And what do we get from this department, no, from this government, to help and assist SMMEs? One word, Digitech, an app store with no security, no curation, and low quality. And as Minister Savini stated in the budget speed last week, and I quote, the platform allows users to browse and download apps developed across operating systems. It promotes South Africa, South African of expand their adoption and use. Now, this is not developed by this department, but this department keep on using excuses that they need the help and assistance from other departments. Now, this was created by the department that you were demoted from, Honorable Minister, after you broke the lockdown regulations or illustrated your in-depth knowledge of ge geography. And I quote, I never went to Switzerland, I went to Geneva. The Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. Now, I would hope in consultation with your current department, you would have put together an app that will cater to the small business market. But it seems that you are not doing that, that each department is working in isolation and in silos. How on earth are we meant to uplift and promote SMMEs when the platforms we provide them with 
to succeed looks like it's created by an eighth grader. We are facing an ever-decreasing pool of taxpayers in this country. They are shouldering an ever-increasing failing economic policies and our inept national leadership. If the department truly wants to be seen as a success, the real measurement tool should be how do you contribute to our tax base? Instead, this department complains, as they've done from in year one, that they are not filling all the positions, that they are struggling with the organogram, yet the remuneration of staff continues to escalate without an escalation in positive outputs by these staff. In fact, almost 90% of this budget is transfers. So what on earth is this department actually doing? We could easily let some officials in another department handle the little that is being done by this department now and save quite a few million. If we cut out on roadshows, what is there left for the minister that she actually does? A few questions that we should ask. The consolidation of CEDA and CIFA, it is urgent, and the minister must give us a clear final date and be held accountable on when this will be completed. The government owes small businesses millions in unpaid invoices. What is this minister going to do to ensure that all state departments pay the SMMEs within 30 days? And if it does not improve, Minister, are you willing to fall on your sword? Because that is one of the few measurables that you can actually say, listen, hold me accountable for. We also need to get a full list of the COVID-19 relief fund beneficiaries. Because as we've seen, this government has been exceptionally good in making sure that money do not reach those that truly need it, but instead it's channeled to those that are connected to the ANC inside. We need to know who they are, how many, how many received, and if there were any money that got lost along the way. Honorable Minister, as a country, we need our SMMEs to flourish. We need to firstly stop this trajectory we are on when it comes to crippling unemployment. Thereafter, we must ensure that this ship is turned around. If not, we will continue to hear questions about the need for this department to exist. As long as you are defending, as long as the unemployment rate keeps increasing, as long as there is not a bigger pool of SMMEs contributing to this tax base, you are losing. That should be your measurement tool. This can only be done improving our SMME pools if we start treating them like the VIPs they are. We should roll out the red carpet. We should cut the red tape. The ball is in your court, Honorable Minister. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. I'll now call Deputy Minister Small Business Development, Honorable S. Lamini. Honorable S. Lamini, Deputy Minister. President, my President. 
Yes, thanks very much, Chairperson. I thought I was in. Uh, good afternoon to yourself, the ministers, and in particular, Minister Stelland and Abrams, and the Deputy Ministers, Honorable Members of the NCOP, distinguished guests, members of cooperatives who are present here today, and those listening all over the country, small, medium and micro business owners, ladies and gentlemen. As a country, we are preoccupied with trying to find a way out to the challenges of unemployment, poverty and inequality. As we speak, we have more than 11 million people who are unemployed. And this figure includes discouraged uh, job seekers. In, it also comprises of young people of working age. Our approach to address these challenges is also at the same time linked to the continued struggle to address the legacy of apartheid and colonialism of a special type. Our work to confront these challenges has been compounded by the emergence of the 2007-2008 global economic crisis which has been made worse by the emergence of COVID-19. And now the unrest, which affected KZN and parts of Houghton, as if this was not enough, we also have to deal with the double impact disaster caused by the floods in KZN, uh, Eastern Cape, some in the Northwest. Surely these multiple challenges cannot be addressed by government alone. We need progressive ideas, contribution, and energy from every South African citizen. The July unrest in Wazulu-Natal and Houghton necessitated the introduction of formal and informal sectors business recovery support packages to accelerate business and economic recovery with a view to curb job losses as well as business closure. The program focused on uninsured small enterprises which required funding for working capital and equipment. Blended financial support of up to 2 million rents was offered per entity. To date, the CIFA has approved over 235 million, a total amount of over 93 million uh, in Houghton and over 142 million in KZN. It is anticipated that through the disbursement of these funds, 2,046 jobs will be maintained. Through this program, 35.24% of the funding is approved to women-owned businesses and 19.6% to youth-owned businesses. While only 176 million rents uh, of the approved funding has been dispersed to affected small business by SEFA, SEFA is, is continuing to work hard at both approval and disbursements and expects to make more progress in this new financial year. In partnership with NetBank, financial and non-financial support for informal traders it's 
facilitated through business associations. During the July unrest, the scheme targeted support for 13,333 informal traders at 3,000 rands each as a once-off grant amounting to a cumulative amount of 40 million rand. To date, total of 8,894 applications were received and total disbursements were made to 5,135 informal traders worth of 13.75 billion rands through CIFA. On the red tape, it is clear uh, that as a country, we cannot succeed in our attempts to transform the economy and get our people to play a meaningful role in the economic activities of our country. If we continue to have excessive bureaucracy or adherence to official rules and formalities that inhibit the ease of doing business, the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition and National Treasury have focused on specific reforms linked to 10 of the World Bank's ease of doing business indicators. Our department has been particularly active in understanding the complexity of red tape, convening a task team of officials from across the local, provincial, and national departments, and in partnership with the GTEC, have completed a diagnostic report of red tape reduction. Coming out of this report, the department has run a municipal level initiative of the pilot administrative simplification program. This has been piloted in three municipalities. We are also taking lessons from the pilot into the red tape reduction awareness program. We will run with 20 municipalities this year. The fact of the matter is that no single ministry has the mandate to address red tape obstacles across the whole of government. This can only be the presidency. We see the red tape reduction office in the presidency working as an escalation mechanism for issues that cannot be dealt with at provincial levels by COPTA, by DTIC, National Treasury, or by DSPD. There will be no duplication of efforts in the DSPC, I mean, the DSPD, COPTA, and DTIC have already earmarked responsibilities in red tape reduction. On cooperatives, which are supposed to be the country's hope when the economy is facing challenges, they, they tend to assist when things are not going well in our economy. As a country, we need sustainable cooperatives that will uh, be supporting the interests of the members and most important, look after its com communities. We must accept that we have not done well in the front of ensuring that we have a vibrant cooperatives movement that has the capacity to contribute to the economy. In this context, we are scaling up our work towards ensuring that the cooperatives are made to be functional and have access to financial support and markets. Honorable Chairperson, whether the challenges are there, 
whatever the obstacles that they may be, but failure is not an option for us. We will succeed. I thank you very much, Chairperson. Thanks very much, uh, Honorable uh, Stumo. Uh, next uh, speaker is Honorable Aplain, Economic Freedom Fighters. Uh, Honorable Aplain. Uh, thanks very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, my apologies. Uh, it's dark here. Uh, Slow shedding, uh, the consequences mm. of uh, Jamnandas uh, <laughs> are beginning to haunt us. Uh, as cool Minister, as cool. Yeah, yes, uh, Minister Fonyozai, Uswagenlagi. Uh, uh, no, thanks, Chairperson. I said, I beg yours, Chair. All right. Now, Chairperson, the EFF rejects the proposed budget for small businesses. We rejected this budget for the Department of, Department of Small Businesses because this is a budget of salaries and procurement for the department and do not help small businesses. As the EFF, we have made it very clear in the past that we do not need a Department of Small Businesses as there is no basis to separate this department from the trade industry. We rejected this budget as it is a budget for department which was created out of a need to create positions for factions in the ruling party, and that must come to an end. We know this is uh, to be true as we have been on the ground in various provinces across uh, South Africa, and understand the decision to separate uh, this uh, department uh, from the trade and industry has impacted on entrepreneurs. From our groundwork, we have learned that Uneto and Porta Taxi Association in Matatiel, Mount Fletcher, Maclear, and Umtata in the Eastern Cape, who spend a lot of money in the automotive industry do not benefit at all from this department. Uh, even when this association asks for basic support such as land and uh, for building ranks, they are not given land. Instead, they are being harassed by traffic cops uh, on a daily basis. The same can be said regarding the small businesses in Ezingolweni Township in Port Shepstein, uh, whose businesses were burned down during the 2021 uh, unrest, and to date have not received any intervention and businesses are still in ruins. Small businesses are not only suffering in the automotive and farming sectors, but in all other sectors as well. We have uh, found the same to be true in construction, in retail, in textile, and in hospitality industry. This is disappointing to note for the ministry, which should have by now 
uh, have a clear program on how to assist women, young people, persons living with disabilities, especially those who were deliberately excluded by the system and were made to be slaves for white masters for the entirety of their lives. Uh, this is disappointing for a department which should have by now had a database of all young people who are interested in starting their own businesses regardless of their political affiliation. In almost all the so-called industrial zones, there is no clear plan on how to deliberately push for women, young people, people who are living with disabilities to play a role in establishing their own businesses. It is only the few connected, especially those who have links with the ruling party who get funding. And even that, they do not get any proper guidance on how to run their businesses. And that is why you would see them buying expensive cars and then their businesses within no time, they vanish. Uh, what is even worse is that the government, especially municipalities, uh, is the biggest culprit that is killing small businesses. They accept services from small businesses but do not pay them on time. A typical example of that is that in 2020, November 2020, a small business called Thompson Construction did work for the Alfred Zoo District municipalities. They have not been paid up to date. They have not received their money. Uh, we must close this department and make small businesses an industry the, uh, of the industrial policy. Uh, it is high time that we stop this empty breaking about getting our people actively participating in business. Why we all know that there is nothing that is uh, the government is going to do to help as uh, young people, people living with disabilities and the women to start their businesses. But we just make noise about that every time as if there is something that the government is doing for them. Uh, the so-called industrial zones must not be about a talk to get votes during election campaigns, but we must make it a point that we make those industrial places functional and well-running. All this needs decisive leadership, which unfortunately, unfortunately we do not have it in this country. Um, Small businesses are a backbone of any economic growth. If this country could actively push for more support on those who are doing small businesses, this could uh, play a great role in reducing the unemployment rate, which is very high in this country. Unfortunately, everything else that this government does with everything that have a budget it is simply meant for enriching the corrupt, those who are linked with the ANC, and the, in, the individuals which are linked with the president. So it does not assist with anything, uh, which is just a talk every day that this is what you are doing, this is what you are doing, 
And in reality, when you go to the crowd, there is nothing that is happening. We therefore reject this budget. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thanks very much, Honorable Member. Honorable Members, I would like now to hand over to our Deputy Chair, Honorable Sylvia, to take over on a Honorable Mushud. Thank you very much. Thank you very, thank you very much, Chairperson. Good afternoon to everyone. We will now call on the Honorable Mushodi to continue with the debate. Malibongwe. Oh, thanks very much, Deputy Chair, Honorable Minister, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, Dumela Mbahaecho. Tomorrow, the 25 May 2022, we will be celebrating the 59th anniversary of the founding of the Organization of African Unity which is now the African Union. We are also included, including the celebration of our Workers' Month on this occasion. I want to salute the mine workers of Sibanyo Gold. Those demanded for 1,000 monthly wage increase, we believe is fair. In the light of the CEO and shareholders who are awarding themselves hundreds of millions of rand, thus further making biggest shocking inequality gaps in our country. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, we also pay tribute to the most vulnerable workers of our country, the women and men who produce and sell food, clothing and other items in market, at street intersection and everywhere else in order to put a warm plate of food on their table. They are our heroes and they deserve to be recognized. In despite of their heroic effort to earn an honest living, they often become victims of harassment by metro police, particularly in the DA-run city like Cape Town and Johannesburg. Honorable Deputy Chair, we all agree that the COVID-19 pandemic has a damaging impact on SMMEs and cooperatives, social, social distancing, restriction and health and economic driving demand shift from the pandemic have shattered many small business and entrepreneur venture across the country. The July unrest and climate related natural disaster have added to the pain felt by millions of our people. Of course, government and other charity initiatives have provided support to millions of workers and families who lost their incomes and homes, as well as companies that were in distress during all this event. Honorable Deputy Chair, research findings indicate that the number of active business owners in our country fell will work by between 2022% 20, and 26% in 2020. The drop in active business owners was the largest on record. The losses to business activity were felt across near all industries. Black and women-owned businesses were felt hit especially hard, experiencing a 41 drop in business activity. Honorable Chair, this finding of this finding of losses to small business activity have important implications for government economic policy going forward the reconstruction and recovery plan, as well as the social compact that is being finalized with social partners 
in NADLEC have to talk to the issue of income losses. Currently and future economy inequality amongst the impact brought about the pandemic. Honorable Chairperson, we have noted that CIFA is planning to put effort in implementing economic recovery programs and continue to manage COVID-19 relief programs, such as the SMME's debt relief fund, the business growth, resilient facility introduced in the previous financial year, as well as the black support scheme announced by the National Treasury on the 26th April, 2022. Honorable Deputy Chair, the scheme announced by the Treasury will also help those businesses recovering from the July 2021 civil unrest in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng, as well as the damage caused by the floods, CIFA is planning to planning to approve 6.3 billion in finance over the period ahead for SMMEs and cooperatives and disperse 5.1 billion. These relief measures demonstrate the caring character of the ANC government, but they may not be enough given the scale of the damage. The private sector, particularly the banking and insurance industry, must put up funding in the form of low interest, bearing loan, and plan to match government effort. Honorable Chair, without economic transformation, the economic recovery path would be challenged in South Africa currently. Our biggest concern is unemployment, while growing levels of poverty and inequality pledge their country. The goal of economic recovery and growth should be brought in economy, ownership, and inclusive. Honorable Chairperson, in this regard, the goal of public policy legislation and regulation must, to, must, must be to build economic inclusion through transformation programs, particularly in strengthening inclusive and transformation in quality of the growth. Honorable Deputy Chair, we must indeed celebrate the launch of the Township and Rural Entrepreneurs Program, which is necessary innovation by the department. However, we believe that national legislation that provides for the achievement of this goal is necessary, as we have to enact legislation, as we have observed that a number of provinces have taken initiative on their own to enact legislation to respond to the same challenges. Honorable Deputy Chairperson, the contribution of the SMMEs and cooperatives to South African economy is far below its potential globally. The focus is on the sustainability of entrepreneurs rather than the number of startups included in the ecosystem. We urge the department to step up effort to encourage more people to start business, but it is also important to support programs to replicate the scale of the production of quality small business and cooperative. Honorable Deputy Chair, we are excited about the launch earlier this year of the Hustle Academic with the support of the department and globally teach giant Google who committed to help empower local entrepreneurs in a free week-long boot camp. In conclusion, Honorable Deputy Chairperson, we are also happy that the department has focused on master plan, targeting the manufacturing, agriculture, digital, automotive, and mining industry. 
This must focus on supporting real entrepreneurs and not individuals who want to live rich lifestyle with the public fund and not reinvest in their own business and thus grow our economy. Thank you very much, Honorable Deputy Chair. As the ANC, we support the budget vote number 36. Thank you very much, Honorable Mushodi. The next, we will call on the MEC of Limpopo, Honorable T.A. Mokone. Honorable Mokone, over to you. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister Stellan Davini Abrams, Honorable Minister Gwende Montage, Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Ministers, House Chairpersons, Committees and Oversight, Honorable Special Guests and Delegates, and all esteemed members. Honorable Chairperson, I'm pleased to be given an opportunity to participate in today's debate on the budget vote number 36 for the Department of Small Business Development. As Limpopo government, we are aware that in driving our economic reconstruction program, SMEs should be at the top of our agenda. Our aim is to build an all-inclusive economy. It is impossible to do so without effectively supporting the growth and sustainability of small, medium, and micro enterprise. We made it clear two years ago that our post-COVID-19 effort in rebuilding the economy will endeavor to ensure that no one is left behind. The Limpopo Executive Council approved the Limpopo Industrial Master Plan 2020-2030, which is anchored on industrialization agenda for implementation. This plan shall change the structure of Limpopo economy. The department, in partnership with DTIC, will continue to strengthen our investment in the provincial industrial park. The aim here is to transform these industrial hubs in Sishiro and Gongoa into centers that will provide digital transformation and in innovation, thus supporting a range of complementary activities for youth. Honorable members, leader through Limpopo Connection, finalize the business plan for the establishment and implementation of the digital hub in Sishiro and later in the year in Gongoa Industrial Park to bolster digital training and job creation for young people. Phase one of Sishiku Digital Hub will be up and running in this year, 2022 financial year. The department has signed an MOU with the Department of Trade and Industry and Competition, and 23 million has been set aside to actualize the implementation of the project in 2022-2023 financial year. Working with our partners, we intend to prioritize infrastructure support for the development of street-level enterprise nodes for micro-enterprise, industrial park, business parks, and incubation apps, consumer-owned and controlled retail and wholesale stores, making land available around the township and rural space to enable township and rural enterprise to operate, 
and rolling out of broadband infrastructure, which is essential to support the township and rural economy and reduce cost of connectivity to the internet and broadband communication channels. Honorable members, Limpopo has already secured partnership with the private sector to realize the objectives of the enterprise and supplier development. Coca-Cola, Spa, Pick and Pay, Exaro, DBS, and many others are on board as we now put in motion economic recovery program. The department, in partnership with Coca-Cola South Africa, has implemented the BOC business in box program. The program has provided infrastructure in the form of equipment to spaza shop in the province. 20 SMEs benefited from this program in the last financial year. We are now looking forward to additional 50 SMEs benefiting from this program. The department in partnership with SAB is furthering, is further training 50 youth SMEs in our province who will ultimately benefit the Tolwana program, which will start in September, 2022. In partnership with APSA and Standard Bank, we'll be offering program on financial and non-financial support to SMEs to assist them to develop and sustain their, their businesses. Implementation of socioeconomic recovery plan, which is monitored by this department, is in full swing as strategic intervention to deal with the impact of COVID-19 and resuscitate the provincial economy in short term, medium to long term. During the 2020-21 financial year, the provincial government disbursed a total of amount of 152 million as COVID-19 relief fund in all sectors of our economy to assist the SMEs and cooperatives. This program assisted in creating more than 600 jobs. Honorable Chair, implementation of Limpopo Township and Village Strategy is in full swing. As a result, a total amount of 8,722,000 was disbursed through National Spaza Shop Relief Fund to benefit 1,243 registered spaza shop in Limpopo. Again, 207 SMEs and cooperatives are currently participating on leader business incubation program, of which 63 SMEs and 32 cooperatives are youth-owned enterprise. Through this incubation program, we have been able to sustain at least 279 and 690 jobs opportunities in SMEs and cooperative space, respectively. During the State of the Nation address this year, the President Cyril Ramaphosa made a call for government to redesign its loan guarantee scheme that enabled business to bounce back from COVID-19 impact. Honorable Chair, the President call requires us as a provincial government to adjust the eligibility criteria on SMEs and cooperatives, financing strategies to encourage greater uptake by small businesses. This call further requires the provincial government to modernize its processes to enable SMEs, cooperatives, and citizens to easily access government services, e.g. lodging of business loans, application, permit application, etc., at the comfort of their home without traveling to government building. As Lidet, 
during this 21-22 financial year, we started the process of developing the permit management system and liquor system with the assistance of CETA. We anticipate that the two modernization projects will be completed in 2022-2023 financial year for full implementation. During the course of 2021-2022 financial, the department through leader further supported 77 youth-owned enterprises in Limpopo to access finance from different development finance institutions, to crowd in more support to SME and cooperative. LIDA extended its partnership with companies and intellectual property commission to assist Limpopo-based enterprises to access various statutory <coughs> services. And to date, 4,633 local enterprises were assisted to access various CIPC service, services, ranging from business registration, filling of annual tax return, and so forth. Limpopo one-stop shop will be officially launched before March 2023. The total investment and intervention of recovery plan is valued at 170 billion and is projected to create over 48,000 jobs opportunities in the medium to long, long term. The debt as together with the Department conclude, of Small Business Development. As we begin to conclude, Honorable Member, you are still yeah, we'll continue to work together to ensure the deduction of red tape in business sector to ensure that we easy requirement of doing business in the province. In conclusion, as Limpopo, we support the budget vote 36 as tabled by the minister and further affirm that this budget will go a long way in improving the livelihoods of the economic mainstay of our country. I thank you. Thank you very much. We will now call on the Honorable SF Detoy to continue with the debate. Akbar, voorzitter. The purpose of this vote is to promote the development of small businesses and cooperatives that contribute to an inclusive economic growth and job creation. The mandate of this vote goes further, and I quote, the realization of this mandate will lead to a transformed economy, increased employment, and the reduction of poverty and inequality, close quote. Jane, over the MTBF uh, period, support to SMEs is provided through an allocation of about 2.6 billion rand to the Small Enterprise Development Agency to coordinate support nationally. But what is the, re the reality of this, Jane? I pose the question to the Minister of SDBD, wanting to know how many small, medium and micro enterprises have benefited from government's assistance since 1996. And um, what has been the monetary value of the said funding? I wish to read the reply verbatim. Open quote. Due to uncoordinated and fragmented support that included public support institutions, there has not been a composite date to capture accurately the number of SMMEs supported, especially tracking this back to 1996. The last few years have seen several reviews and assessments of South Africa's public sector support programs and the strategies prepared by public authorities and by independent researchers. However, these studies have not been able to track the number of SMEs supported as a standalone variable given the fragmented nature of support that transcends across the three spheres of government. 
The overall budget for support varies across various government institutions. The Development Finance Institution Review in 2008 captured a figure of 120 billion rand of total assets. However, only 50% of these assets were dedicated to, to developmental funding and investment. The department is able to accurately account for the financial support provided by the entity that reports to the Minister of Small Business Development, um, which is CIFA. And since CIFA's establishment in 2012, the institution has supported a total of 487,340 SMEs and cooperatives to the tune of 9.7 billion rand, facilitating about 629,799 jobs. From 2016 to 2018 alone, the department through its grant funding invested 2.5 billion on incentive programs to SMMEs, cooperatives, and these grant instruments have since been reviewed and are delivered through CFM as blend and funding. However, once again, the lack of coordinated development finance services portrays a skewed picture wherein the Department of Small Business Development can only account for the DFI reporting under its authority. There are accelerated efforts to consolidate the merge of some of these institutions to enhance their support services and consolidated reporting, close quote. Voorzitter, dit is dus duidelijk dat die departement om daarop toespits om die economie te transformeer, eerder as om het uit te brei, die focus op die aanvankelijke ondersteuning van sogenaamde voorheenbenadeelde kandidaten te plaas. Fondse word ongecoordineerd spandeer, sonder omvordering of sukses van bezighede te monitor, jylle deel net geld uit. Dit laat die moendlikheid dat die selfde begunstigd is as gevolg hiervan by meer as een initiatief betfondsing kan kry, of onthou sukses daarvan gemaakt of nie. Die huidige bemachtigingsmodel, voorzitter, wat hier die regering toegepas word, ontneem sommige belovende entrepreneurs op grond van ras, van die geleentheid om tot die staatskas bij te dra. Die regering moet sy rasbehebte transformatiebeleide skrap, eder sociale cohesie en die uitbreiding van die ekonomiefokus. In die boogenoemde antwoorde van die minister word erken dat die initiatieven nie werk nie en dat geld spandeer word sonder dat die nodige suksesse bespeer word. Dankie voorzitter. Baie dankie, achtbare die toe. Die the next will be Honorable S. Bosov. Honorable Bosov, it's over to you. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Chair. Today we are debating small business development, but looking at the unemployment stats, the figures have skyrocketed, and it is clear that the governing party has failed in creating a conducive environment for job creation and for businesses to flourish. To top it all off, we have now been made aware of the governing party, or should I say the poverty cabinet, wanting to donate 350 million to Cuba. This is a slap in the face of the small business sector, as this money should rather be spent on capacitating small businesses who in turn could assist in curbing the unemployment statistics. The amount of money flowing to Cuba is of grave concern to the DA, and the matter should be analyzed, as not only is this government wanting to give money to Cuba, it has recently been discovered that since 2018, the ANC has loaned an amount of 147,631,000 to Cuba as well. I can only imagine what this amount could have meant for the small business sector, who's trying to keep afloat in light of the mismanagement of the COVID pandemic funds, 
the continuous years of state capture and the looting and corruption, which is carrying on unabated. Honorable Chair, it would appear as if Cuba is our 10th province and more is being done for them than for the destitute in our country. Honorable Minister, what is of concern is that in the past and currently, rural and township communities have discussed with us, as we do our oversight, that there is a lack of programs emanating from this department to support SMMEs in these underserviced areas. Complaints have also been received that little to no communication on the availability of funds for them is received. This matter must be addressed with the urgency it deserves. In a SONA debate, the president announced the establishment of a red tape unit to look into the problems faced by this sector. This we welcome, honorable members, but had he only acted against his members who during the fifth parliament rejected the red tape reduction bill and the ease of doing business bill in the sixth parliament as tabled by the DA in the NA, we could have seen cost cutting and the relief of burdens that are carried by small business much earlier. It appears as if government does not realize the importance of SMMEs in building a reliable economic environment. In view of the establishment of this red tape unit, we would now we need now to see what plans they have to utilize their powers and functions to free small businesses from the snares of red tape. We cannot allow for this unit to be established, which we all know will be an extra cost to the taxpayer, as these employees need to be remunerated and no feedback is forthcoming. The president needs to enlighten the sector as to what the unit's mandate will be and who will have oversight on this unit to ensure that the functions of this unit are executed appropriately and within the timeframes given. Honorable Minister, we and the country are aware that South Africa's debt stands at a whopping three trillion rand. And if environments are not created for small businesses to flourish, to contribute to the fiscus, this debt will never be eradicated. It will continue growing with a ripple effect on the unemployed and the poor. In conclusion, Honourable Deputy Chair, we are all aware that the Honourable Minister is not new to controversies, and I therefore call upon her to be more considerate when spending taxpayers' money on accommodation, etc., as alleged to in a media release on 18 May 2022, and rather ensure it is spent on building a sustainable small business development environment. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Bosa. We will now continue and we call on Honorable N.M. Khadebe to continue with the debate. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister, Honorable members, <clears throat> small business in South Africa is a major driver for economic growth and addressing unemployment. For these to flourish, there they needs to be a committed and innovative government, one that understands the needs and challenges of the people. 
according to small matters, a 2019 study by the International Labour Organization, which included data from South Africa, open quote, in almost all of the 99 countries in the, in the sample, the self-employed and micro and small enterprises, small economic units make up, up more than two thirds of employment, close quote. This means that government has clear data which must inform the ways it, it reprioritizes the needs to focus on additional and effective support to small businesses. Whilst we are not saying that the government must become a specialist in all sectors of business, there must be baseline support and accountability mechanisms that government works to achieve in order to save small businesses. Small businesses do not have the access to the capital expenditure that larger ones do and thus are solely reliant on services that government provides to keep its doors open and its operating going. Many small business owners are struggling to operate their shop fronts, operations and manage downtown due to the frequent electrical cuts by ESCO. It is also unreasonable for them to return to burning fossils, fuel for, electricity generation given the sharp and continued increase, increase of these commodities. The very problem with load shading amongst the many other others is that it is an anti-developmental and anti-small business gag to their growth. This department with this in mind must find solution of providing capacity to small businesses. This requires a proactive approach for government to identify and receive cries for help from local and small business owners to access the relevant relief packages and stimulus available to address the impediments that they are facing. The lack of attention paid to capacitating and consulting with small businesses together with the destructive unrest in Wazulu-Natal and Gauteng has further set back to any progress of business development in South Africa. According to the South African Special Risk Insurance um, Association, damage in July's looting and mayhem, the most expensive riots in the world, cost more than 50 billion. This was followed by yet more devastating in 2022 with the flooding in Wazul Natal and the Eastern Cape. Not only lives were lost, but businesses and livelihood destroyed. Therefore, the budget allocated to the Department of Small Business Development must work harder to reach beneficiaries in the most effective ways. There is no more fat in our countries. GDP to allow for irregular, fruitless, and wasteful expenditure. There is no room to create excuses for comrades who have been As involved in corruption, maladministration, while people do not uh, know if they will see tomorrow a starvation in the sets. Chairperson, in closing, this department needs to be more on the ground, especially at our disaster-struck provinces, to work with businesses in a friendly and welcoming approach to achieve its mandate and help catapult
the, the destroyed businesses in the successful and job creation entities. I therefore, um, Honorable Chairperson, with the above, wish to state that the IFP wish to support the budget vote. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Adebe. We will now continue with the debate and we call on Councilor, Honorable Councillor Dida Foss from Salga to continue with the debate. Deputy Chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Honorable Members of the National Council of Provinces, Minister and Deputy Ministers, distinguished guests, allow me to greet you all and observe the protocol. The Companies and Intellectual Property Commission reported that a record 510,000 companies were registered in 2020, a 32% leap over that 385,000 new companies registered in 2019. A similar increase in new company registrations took place during the 2008-2009 global financial crisis. This trend leads us to, to one conclusion. There is a large number of people forming companies out of the stress and economic necessity. Much like with the 2008 crisis, COVID resulted in many people losing their jobs or finding themselves working reduced hours or doing part-time work. In response, they naturally resorted to starting their own businesses in order to earn an income. Honorable Chair, I am prefacing my response with this reality in order to demonstrate the enormity of the task that lies ahead for us as leaders. The vast majority of people who opened their small businesses due to the effect of COVID-19 did so with nothing but their will and tenacity. They do not have the financial means nor the records with infrastructure to start and run a successful business. The majority of them are destitute. They have pinned their hopes on government to provide the necessary support to enable them to grow and thrive. As leaders, we carry on our shoulders the hopes and aspirations of many of these small businesses. I would therefore like to commend the Minister of Small Business and Development, Honorable Stella and Abeni Abrams, for tabling a budget vote that proportionally responds to the realities of today. As local government, our mandate in relation to economic development is that of being an enabler and a facilitator. And it gives me great pleasure to inform the House that we have managed to build a solid relationship with the Department of Small Business Development, including its entities in the course of executing of our respective mandates. Allow me to start with the work we are collaborating on in the domain of first rate reduction. The creation and promotion of an enabling environment for business is fundamental to a competitive and vibrant economy. The amount of red tape and bureaucracy faced by business when dealing with government is considered a key constraint to economic development and growth. In partnership with the DSBD and the other stakeholders, we are supporting the institutionalization of the guidelines on red tape reduction in municipalities with a focus on streamlining and simplifying business processes. We are also working with other role players to review cumbersome and counterintuitive municipal bylaws that inadvertently reinforce red tape. 
We are acutely aware of the enormous cost of red tape to investment and by extension, economic growth and job creation, which is why we will spare no effort in undoing it. On, on municipal trade and investment, following the successful completion of our municipal trade and investment guidelines project, which also included in-depth engagement with sample municipalities across the different categories. We are now setting our sights on developing a model municipal investment profile, which amongst the many envisaged outcomes will produce a typical best practice investment profile, the ideal for a South African municipality. Taking into cognizance the different categories of local dynamics in each municipality, the municipal profiles are designed for potential investors to facilitate the implementation of local investment projects and contribute to the creation of new jobs, the growth of local incomes, and the sustainable development of the local economy. It is anticipated that through the design of municipal investment profiles, municipalities will be able to improve the investment readiness of key local projects and develop compelling propositions to make them more attractive to external investment. On the ease of doing business, SADA has completed a sub-regional study on the ease of doing business, which has, amongst its main outputs, identified key push and pull factors that either facilitate or hinder investment. With respect to the pull factors, effective service delivery and efficient applications processes are amongst the key indicators that are critical in facilitating investment. On the other side of the spectrum, push factors such as poor infrastructure, crime and corruption, and poor service delivery is seen as detrimental to investment. SADA is using these findings to develop a competitive index for municipalities, which will essentially be a ranking based on the predetermined set of ease of doing business indicators. The index will then serve as a point of reference and benchmark for our support program and will put a spotlight on those municipalities that are further down the index. Honorable Chair, we can draw valuable lessons from the world's top performing economies where competitiveness has become the mainstay of economic policymaking. In recent years, there has also been an increasing emphasis on framing competitiveness from a sub-national level, that is, at regional and city levels. In a number of these economies, the regional or city competitiveness strategies have become an important predicate for national competitiveness and performance. The Municipal Competitive Index will thus enable our municipalities to measure themselves against one another using a tried and tested methodology. And this will in turn put them in good stead to identify their shortcomings and leverage their strengths. On local procurement, Honorable Chair, there is a need for a more conscious and concerted effort to use procurement as a lever to recalibrate the local economy through targeted and preferential procurement that favors SMMEs. Municipalities can and should redirect their enormous spending power to disproportionately focus on injecting life into the small businesses operating within their respective jurisdictions. In giving further impetus to this initiative, we have entered into 
an MOU with one of the entities of the department. That is the Small Enterprise Development Agency, SIDA. One of the flagship initiatives coming out of the MOU is the capacity building program for LED practitioners and SMMEs delivered through SIDA's Learning Academy. To this end, a four-day training practitioners from the OARTAMBO district was conducted from the 22nd to 24th March, 2022. The training attended by the district and all its local municipalities sought to capacitate officials on the training course tended to secure business. The course is designed for SMMEs who engage in tendering as a means to secure business, particularly from government entities. It is aimed at assisting SMMEs to identify information sources available to them, analyze standard documents viably, calculate cost, revenue, and profits when preparing a tender and complete tender documentation. We will continue to roll out more initiatives targeted at SMMEs in line with the MOU implementation plan. On export promotion, Honorable Chair, Saga has set out to use the African continental free trade area as a vehicle for supporting SMMEs to expand to other markets beyond our shores to the far reaches of the African continent. This endeavor also seeks to position local government to stay ahead of the curve for respect of the implications. Honorable Chair, the road to economic recovery will be long and hard, fraught with pitfalls along the way. Throughout this journey, local government will serve as a beacon of a point of preference as we navigate this uncharted terrain. As a sector, we are uniquely positioned as a frontline sphere and a chief catalyst for economic development. And with this, we carry on our shoulders the hopes and aspirations of millions of South Africans. The district based economy recovery plan, which is permitted for the 34 district metros, is testament to the centrality of local government in the country's economic future. From the onset, Saga has always supported the district delivery model, and it is our firm belief that district and metro spaces offer the appropriate scale and arena for intergovernmental planning and coordination. That being said, we implore that all district plans be synchronized with integrated development plans of municipalities. And this is of particular significance as IDP processes are subjected to a vigorous public participation process. And as such, they reflect the needs of the community. I thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable DeVos. We will continue and we call on Honorable Timothy Brotherset to continue. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister, Honorable Members, fellow South Africans. Small businesses should be the engine of economic growth that South Africa needs to bring down unemployment. And it is therefore critical that government creates an environment for SMMEs to thrive. Chairperson, the simple reality is that for small businesses to really thrive, they need a growing economy, a stable power grid, a well-maintained transport infrastructure, protection of citizens at their place of employment by a functioning police force and capable state run by capable officials who have no political ties and are not cater deployed. The sad reality with that is that with the current government, we have unreliable power criminals protected by politicians, failing infrastructure, 
and increasingly dysfunctional police. This will, result, this will result in increased inequality and poverty. Global Entrepreneurship Monitor measures the total early stage entrepreneurial activity in South Africa at a low level of 17.49%. Five out of seven new small businesses fail within the first year. A study in 2017 concluded that only 10% of adults intend to start their own businesses. We only need to look as far as the minister to see the problem. Minister Ndebeni Abrams is synonymous with flaunting wealth, flouting COVID rules, dancing next to new BMWs, and running up astronomical bills on accommodation and catering. All this contributes to the bubble in which she lives, totally disconnected from the hardship from running a small business in South Africa. She also shows her disregard by only attending the tiniest portion of portfolio committee meetings, with her attendance sitting at around 20%. This debate should deal with the budget for the Department of Small Business Discouragement. Minister Ndebeni Abrams has been boasting about how many small businesses she intends to shut down due to regulatory non-compliance. She was quite happy to do this during the COVID pandemic, as she placed triple B, double E ideology before helping businesses survive to survive based only on her psychophantic obsession with the racial makeup of businesses creating employment. And the president has little faith in the minister as well. He has moved the red tape reduction unit, her job actually, to the presidency. Now, that's not a good story to tell. But the ego, ego will not dim. It seems the minister has a whole production team with her today, complete with a camera clicking in the background. So, colleagues, let's just ask a simple question. If all the boasts of the minister were true, why is unemployment in South Africa so high? Why are we the most unequal country on the planet? Consider that. I have great respect for the Honourable Chai, but I must ask him, whose tanks rolled into a sovereign country, Russia or NATO? Putin, not NATO, is the warmonger whose actions will increase increased pressure on small businesses in South Africa this winter. The simple fact, colleagues, is that if South Africa was a business, we would surely need new management. The voters of South Africa are the shareholders of this business, and they need to fire the ANC board in 2024 and replace them with DA directors that have a proven, successful management track record. This will be the final chance to create employment and wealth in our country before it is too late. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Protasit. We will now call on the Honorable Mohammed Dangur to continue with the debate. Thank you, Chairperson. May I switch my 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 my, my video off? You can leave it on, you are handsome enough. Unless you've got problems. <laughs> it's fine. Thank you very Dango. much, uh, Deputy Chairperson. <laughs> uh, Deputy Chairperson, Minister, Deputy Minister, colleagues and fellow South Africans, inflation and interest rates are rising to historic levels. Are the two main headlines we see in our daily market reports on television and radio. As we observe, Worldwide food shortages and possible famine in some parts of the world. Is it not a truism to admit that we are heading 
for economic challenges, perhaps depression. Some honorable members of parliament from minority opposition parties have come out and shown us that their hearts are bleeding for Europe. Rather than Africa, South Africa, or the rest of the world. This was amply demonstrated by the leader of the DA who recently went on what can be characterized as a war tourism visit to the Ukraine. Rather than focusing on solving the problems in this country, in this continent, I don't know if he knows where Libya is that was started also by NATO as a problem. It is the Libyans say that the, the uprising in Libya was a NATO-led uh, uprising led by some Libyans. There's problems in Sudan. There's problems in South Sudan. There's problems in West Africa where the French are, but no visits there, only to Europe because they're blonde and blue-eyed, as some of those uh, reporters have been reporting. Indeed, when businesses big and small were hit by the impact of COVID-19, everybody became patriotic and understood why we have a government, the president and the government departments and entities were asked to provide rescue packages to companies and to support workers in distress. But as soon as the recovery began, that solidarity has vanished. Many large companies went back to their old habits of stifling competition and economic transformation. Now, we are facing a new challenge. And if the trends in North America and Europe continue, a global economic crisis on the scale of, COVID of the COVID-19 pandemic, the 2008 global recession, which started in countries of the global North, is coming. Some economists have started reporting that North America and Europe are experiencing a phenomenon called stagflation, which is a double whammy, that of inflation and the question of, um, of, of an economy that, that is slowing down. Economists tell us that if inflation is high, the cost of making products rises. This means that domestic products may become more expensive than foreign ones and may also affect exports. People on fixed incomes or on tight budgets will spend less of their earned wages and give them less spending power. Economic uncertainty or instability causes investors, business owners, and consumers to be cautious and less likely to spend money. All of this could lead to a downward spiral and, and, and which will be difficult to reverse. Higher inflation and higher interest rates means that it is more expensive to acquire a loan, as we know. This does not bode well for small businesses in bad. In fact, it is bad for big businesses as well, especially for those who want to expand, expand their operations. Statistics South Africa reports that the combined effect of the severe drought and the depreciation, depreciation of the rand in recent months have driven annual food inflation to 9.8% in March this year. It is the highest level in four years in times of high food inflation. The poor experience, higher overall inflation, 
than the average consumer and inflation of the poorest food basket increases more, increases more rapidly than all other groups. So what are we going to do as a nation about these multiple crises? Many of which are not of our own making. As a movement, we can do introspection and look at our problems. Some people have not done introspection since 1652 on some April day when all the problems in this country, in fact, began. And to repair for after 25 years, but it's taken more than 400 years to mess up is actually going to be a difficult job. So I think Honorable Lont, uh, Honorable Detoy, uh, should I admit to that and say, you know, we've had this problem from 1652 up to now, up to 25 years ago. We didn't repair it then. We, we need to assist now in the, coming together as patriots in, in trying to repair what was damaged from then. The Small Business Development Department has been criticized for understanding while thousands of SMMEs and cooperatives around the country need funding. However, we must commend the department for making strides to get its agencies working to support small businesses and co-ops in 2022-2023. Minister Abrams has pledged that the department will make better funding opportunities available for small and medium enterprises in a department's budget going forward and more importantly, make access to these support systems easier for the vast majority of people who need them. We welcome the commitment by the department to leverage the 500 million in innovation fund. The 416 million allocated over the medium term to the sector and the market development within the department in order to extend access to business development services and support infrastructure is a crucial development. The minister's pledge to upscale support to incubation hubs and digital hubs and roll out business support infrastructure into townships and rural areas has been the demands of the members of the parliament and of our constituencies for a long time. The 953 million that is earmarked to be spent through the township and rural enterprise program targeting 24,000 townships and rural uh, enterprises is a step in the right direction. We need to take lessons from this initiative. If it proves to be successful as we expect it will be, it must serve as an example for the whole government on how to scale up programs that benefit uh, the, the many rather than the few. The potential game changer in this vote 36 this year is the commitment to ramp up support for the manufacturing sector through a focused import program to strengthen the country's industrial base. This is important for the overall development of innovation skills in our economy and improving our capacity to produce our consumer goods locally. I wish that the educational institutions in our country could work closely closely with the department to ensure that, it, that the necessary training and skilling are provided particularly for the youth so that they can start their own businesses and learn and grow with the new industries of the future. The department's plan to introduce targeted loan programs to promote financial inclusion 
and strengthen focus of enterprises owned by youth, women, and people with disabilities. And those based in townships are important interventions. Equally, the plan to strengthen the capacity of the microfinance division and address the dependence of two microfinance intermediaries must be pursued with vigor. We support the department and its entities in their commitment to invest and build a sustainable Black-owned financial intermediary base in building and stimulating entrepreneurship and growth of the SME and cooperative sector. The ongoing initiatives of the department to cut the red tape and the appointment of Mr. Nkosi by the president will hopefully bring relief to small business owners. Many of our people have shared with us how they have struggled to keep up with the bureaucratic and administrative processes that they have to go through to comply with our with regulations. As the capacity of the department grows, we call on the minister to be more ambitious. The merger of CIPA, CIDA, and CBDA must unleash cooperative movements that will enable co-ops to grow to large businesses like the Cooperative Bank of Kenya and the co-ops in the Monda Dragon in Spain, where co-ops have an annual revenue of billions of euros. We are concerned that CIPA in the previous year failed to lend the money to small enterprises through cooperative financial institutions. We would like to see stronger collaboration with key participants and publics in the, in the public sector and donors, as well as stronger sectoral research knowledge management capabilities in CIPA to utilize the In conclusion, we need a national piece of legislation to regulate SMMEs cooperatives and informal traders who bear the brunt of diverse municipal bylaws around the country. Currently, each municipality and provincial department crafts its own laws. The fragmentation and lack of uniformity may be costing the fiscal billions of rand. We call on the department to fast track tabling of the business amendment bill uh, earlier than 2025. The president mentioned this in the SONA and therefore it is urgent to appeal to the department to respond accordingly. To give meaning to the president's call for a new social compact, we must urge the department to continue actively pursuing partnerships with the private sector, civil society, women, youth, and, and youth-led businesses, and organized labor, importantly organized labor, in order to define its role in the fight against the scourge of unemployment, reducing poverty and inequality in our country. But just to repeat again, <clears throat> as a movement, we have the courage to introspect. We will look at ourselves, and that doesn't mean we agree with you. Uh, we have a different policy. Our policy is pro-poor. Our policy is to right Your the wrongs of is the to past. steal from the poor. Uh, the others, as the, the policy is to defend what had happened since an April day in 1652. Order, Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Tangor. Thank you very much. We will now call on the Honorable the Minister.
the Honorable Stella and Abeni Abrams to conclude the debate. Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, we do note the comments made yes, by Boil. We do appreciate the suggestions and positive feedback from members across the spectrum. We are, of course, encouraged, particularly by what has been said by the MECs and SALGA, as we can only execute our work and programs in their provincial spaces and in partnership with their departments and municipalities. As we had indicated, we've been to eight provinces already, listening to our stakeholders while also taking notes of the inputs made by the select committee. We intend continuing with these engagements and partnerships through listening, we can improve and enhance our service offerings. And this honorable chair, I would say probably some have had their memories escaping them because they are busy focusing on things that do not matter in their area of responsibility. Earlier on, when I delivered the budget vote speech, I mentioned that 89% of the total budget for this financial year is going to programs of the departments. But of course, we do find those that cheap politic by saying we are only taking the budget, the budget for salaries. It means again, somebody was sleeping on the job because they are busy surfing the net for gossip. Others have claimed that the department since its establishment has not performed. And Honorable Chairperson, with your permission and other members, I would like to bring to the attention of the members that it is not ethical to come and mislead the House, especially the public of South Africa. In 2017-18, we spent 98% of the budget as this department. In 2018-19, we spent 95% of the budget. In 2019-20, we spent 98%. 2020-2021, we spent 99%. And right now, we're still finalizing for auditing purposes, but we are over 99%. Now, for a new honorable member who comes to the House, without having prepared whatever controversy they are looking at, would have at least done the research as we expected honorable members to do so, so that they can participate meaningfully in the contribution towards the small business development and not come and put lies in front of everyone that is here. Of course, honorable members, we are forging ahead with the matter of our entities and in the process to ensure that the SMMEs are provided with a one-stop shop platform to deal with their requirements. And this, again, requires all of us to join hands, because as we understand that there's a need for a review of the legislative framework, which is going to also require the contribution and support by the honorable members that are so committed towards the small business development. We are looking forward to working with you in fast-tracking that bill that we're gonna present sooner in ensuring that our small businesses can finally see the light. The other member that made reference to 1996, if we were to give account of what contribution we have made, unfortunately, in 1996, we did not have this department. And of course, we also did not have even CIFA that we are talking about. But of course, we can take pride in the fact that since the inception of CIFA in 2012, there's a lot that has been done, including funding 478,340 SMMEs and, and co-ops, disbursing 9.7 billion, and I can go on and on if time was allowing. 
we are looking forward to future engagements with honorable members of the NCOP and the various provinces. We will endeavor to talk less and do more in changing our SMME landscape, deploy mechanisms to ensure sustainability of our informal and small enterprises, including cooperatives. We can ensure that we create livelihoods for our youth in townships and rural villages and facilitate opportunities for women-led businesses. And we are doing this looking at the state of the economy in our country, addressing the injustices of the past that saw many of our people being excluded. And therefore, it cannot be by mistake that whilst we are inclusive in approach, but we are focusing on those that have been excluded. It is the right thing to do for any person who's fair that indeed democracy must prevail and let the right people enjoy the benefits that our forebearers fought for. And indeed, as the beneficiaries, we cannot therefore fail them. Our responsibility is to make sure that we deliver economic freedom as things stand. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable the Minister. Thank you, Mafako. That concludes the debate. And let me then thank the minister, the deputy minister, MECs from provinces, Salga representative, permanent and special delegates, for all of you that participated in this debates today. That concludes the business of the day and the house stands adjourned. Thank you very much and good night. Good night. Good night, deputy chairperson. Malibongwe. Recording stopped.